on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. Matt and Nick will prep you for Disney Plus Day and the potential Star Wars content you will see. They'll also talk about a few Star Wars cancellations, such as Matt Smith's Rise of the Skywalker role and the shooting schedule for Rogue Squadron. Don't worry, there will be some positive topics too, such as the film that may take Rogue Squadron's place in 2023, a Mando S3 set photo leak, and some rad-looking new Star Wars collectibles. The show will end with some fan question of the week responses, and the latest edition of our top 5 fan artist features of the week. Punch it, Chewie! Everybody, welcome back to the Star Wars Time Show. Boy, oh boy, was last week fun, and hey, you know what? This week's going to be fun, too. Last week was fun, Nick, because, I don't know, you and I, we've been trying to do some some analytics here with the program. And yes, last week, you're like, listen, when we do interviews, YouTube seems to go up, and then this week, after I got the numbers for episode 186, it's like, it's weird, because if we actually have like real time current event topics to discuss like the book of Boba Fett trailer, the podcast numbers go up uh, significantly, Nick. I mean, it's not, you know, like, eh, it's just a, another hundred here. I mean, we're, we're talking like 200 plus. So yeah. I don't know, maybe we just be like a lot of other star Wars sites and podcasts and just <laughs> sensationalize the title every week, even though we don't actually talk about the stuff in said title. Right. Think? Just <laughs> new movie confirmed. Every yeah, right. Yeah. Get like all Mike Zero on it or the Meg yeah, or some of these other uh, YouTubers out there that, that go for the sensational headlines. Hey, Brando, first to the party. Welcome, welcome. Sometimes we we never know if people are going to come back. You know, this we, we, we can't say we're like Kevin Costner. And if you build it, they will come. That really has not been the case with the Star Wars time show. But we take what we can get. Our little band of merry followers, the fandos, whatever you want to call them, the a-holes, um, they're, they're definitely dedicated. It's just someone like me would always, I always want more. I'm like Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka. <laughs> more, more, more. Daddy, I want my golden egg. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want it now! Exactly. Now. Exactly. Aren't they doing a, another Wonka with Timothy Chalamet? In with it? Chalamet, young. He's yeah. the young Wonka. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm like excited. Like the young, I mean, young Gene Wilder Wonka or Johnny Depp Wonka? I mean, I'm assuming. Well, yeah. I mean, he looks more like like the 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 picture they put out. He looks more like Wilder's Wonka, and I don't know if that's just because like his hair looks yeah. different. You know, like his hair looks more like Gene Wilder's does. But I do hope that they kind of play it a little bit more to the original version. Because I like to this day, I can still watch the original 
Charlie and a chalk it's or good. Willy Wonka and the I chocolate I mean, honestly, the, the, the Depp one isn't bad either, but if you're, yeah, like if you grew up in, in our air and you watch the Wilder Wonka and the music and the trippy, psychotic riverboat ride. That shit. <laughs> it's it's yeah. wild. And really, the, the, the Oompa Loompas in the traditional Willy Wonka just blow out the Oompas in the Depp yeah, one. Yeah, dude. So. I hated that, like, you know the the cgi clones of all of them like it right. just it didn't feel the same but yeah. i mean they were both still enjoyable but man that original that og wonka really awesome. it, it's what it's, do you it's... get when you bop, 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 beep okay <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. Hey, man. Little people need work too. So, Nick, how's it going, man? I mean, no, no trailers to break down this week. Although, and this is this seems to be the timing for the Star Wars time show. Nick, Nick's about to embark on his big uh, Disney trip, fall Disney trip, with uh, you know Father Caminita and the Holy Spirit and all that type of stuff. Indeed, indeed. And it, it, it's coming, meaning he's going to miss the show next week, and it, it's coming on the heels of Disney Plus Day, which we're going to talk about here shortly because we, we kind of got some word as to what Star Wars content's going to be revealed. And it sounds, Nick, that it's going to be a juicy type of Disney Plus Day, yeah. which means next week's episode of the Star Wars Time Show is going to be extra saucy. And Nick's not going to be here to have fun, right? I, I mean, know. So, <laughs> it it <You> figures. <laughs> we had all these just down shit weeks since the end of Bad Batch. Uh, but Nick's uh, vacation lines up with the Mouse's celebration of Disney Plus, which yeah. we're guaranteed we're going to get plenty of Star Wars reveals, updates, new reveals. I think some of the rumors we're going to talk about today will probably be addressed on Friday. Uh, but I'll be all by my lonesome to cover them next week, and it's just not yeah. going to be as fun. So I need to convince my family to not do like you know near Thanksgiving Disney trips because one, as an advertising professional, that's like yeah, that's right at the good start for your of real life holiday either, season. <laughs> yeah, so like I'm telling my client, like my my clients, the last two weeks, I'm like, hey, look, you know. This last week, I'm going to be out from Thursday to Monday. And then right after that, you know, the week before Black Friday, I'm going to be out the whole week yeah. in Disney World. So I, maybe I need to try to convince them, hey, can we aim for like a late October, uh, you know, kind of vacay here? Because there you go. The, the November stuff really does kind of get a little weird I know you said, sometimes. is it... Is it just tradition these days for the Caminitas, or you've always said that November seems to be a choice month ago to limit the crowd? Yeah, so it depends on when in November you go. Actually, November it can actually be a bad time because you have the Disney Food and Wine Festival, which brings in a ton of people because you have all these different, you know, uh, cuisines and wines and stuff from all around the world in Epcot. And it's when they kick off the 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 Mickey's Christmas Day parade, like the Christmas oh. stuff. So like, yeah, we're people going get into to... those stupid ass parades and shit. I know they have yeah. them every single day, every single year. People go, but it seems like hardcore Disney types still pop chubs when it's time for the parade to happen at the end of the day or the middle oh, of the yes. day. And I, you know, I I did the the main one with the castles at Disney. I don't even know the fucking names of the parks. Magic like, Kingdom, sir. Yeah, Magic there you go. Kingdom. There you go. And, and I'm just, I mean, 
I'm talking like four or five rows deep of people lining up to watch the same fucking parade. It's not like they change the the dances or the songs every day. It's the same thing. Yeah. And yet people are still, you know, doing the zig hails to the mouse. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's it November is great because the weather's good in Florida. Like you're talking, you know, low to mid seventies the whole time. You don't have to worry. Like we used to go at, in July when I was a kid and it would be like a hundred and two degrees. Oof. The lines were like, if you found a line that was 60 minutes long, you're like, all right, we got a good line. Let's get in the line. Yeah. Because yeah, it was you so embraced packed. waiting in lines. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That. I mean, it was basically, you know, that is when every kid was there and it was just like, it was impossible. Like you could, you would literally just like get home at the end of the day and you would pass out because you would be on your feet in a hundred degree weather and right. infinite line. At least in November, the, uh, the, the weather is a little bit nicer. You do have a, a, a few less people, but it's not significant. And, and, you know, you have a little bit of extra flair to it too with the Christmas stuff. Cause we're going to go to Mickey's Christmas party one day and, and all that, all that. Yeah, so. I've actually read they're doing like some special Star Wars shit too, right? Like like a they're, galaxy celebration or yeah. it was like recently popped up, maybe even last week. Yeah, I have to look into it again, but I do think that they have like some sort of special like Star Wars presentation, not presentation, but like little show that they do around that time. We saw it the last time we were there and it was pretty awesome. Um got you. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what they do, uh, but it it will suck to miss the this heavy. Yeah, I, I know. Star it's Wars like I just I don't know, man. I I really have a feeling like we're gonna we're gonna talk about it here coming up once we're done sitting here playing with our puds. But I, I mean, I think we're gonna get some Kenobi love. Uh, you know, we're we're gonna have that Boba special, which might sprinkle in some BTS. Uh, it might be a little splash of Mando, some Bad Batch, some Andor. I mean. I I have Thursday off for Veterans Day. Thank you for your service. Um, and I actually may take Thursday and make it a real life work day just to prepare for Friday coming up here, Disney Plus Day. Because I have a feeling assholes like me. I mean, I understand why some of the Star Wars YouTubers out there dedicate their their time and effort to this stuff because they actually have a following and get thousands of views. But I am a true dick. Like I will, I will spend a large part of my Friday breaking down whatever Disney throws at us for Star Wars, and no one gives a shit. And I know no one gives a shit, Nick. That's what makes me a dick, right? It's just like, <laughs> what is my major malfunction with this shit? Just who cares? Talk about it on the next week of the show, because what is that extra hundred and twenty views going to do for you on that Book of Boba Fett trailer breakdown that you spent two hours of your life doing? You know, it it makes you feel a little each each one of those 120 views gives you a little bit more. <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. It's like a drug, man. It, it, I'm that <laughs> asshole in, in Hades that what's his name? But I, I always remember the story, but he's the dickhead that's down in hell that pushes a boulder up every day. And just as oh, he's yeah. getting it's to uh, the end and, and hope is coming in, the boulder comes crashing back down on him and flattens his ass. And he realizes that he sucks and has to start all over again. Uh, but you are right. Yeah. It, it's that and gamers, yeah. we, we experience this right. One more System. turn. It's, it's the one more term motif 
uh, a, a lot of games like RTSs where, you, you know, it's it's getting close to midnight and you know you, you got to go to bed, you got to get up for work or school, but you're like, one more turn, one more turn. And then 4 a.m. rolls around, you're still sitting there, like a uh, crack foam coming out of your mouth. One more turn, one more turn, I'll get it, one more turn. But yeah, you, you got me, man. I don't know. I'm sure I'll do something. I can't help myself. It is what it is. Um, I, I'm a narcissist. What can I say? I believe... Uh, I'm always right. People should listen to me and only to me. And that's just something I'm going to have to deal with with my um, virtual shrink, which is just a guy in my head that I act is a psychiatrist. Um, all right. So uh, before we get to Disney Plus Day and, and what we've heard is coming down the pipe, uh, just real quick. Uh, I did catch Eternals. So I, I want to make a few comments on that because I know it, it, it kind of. I don't know. I mean, it's it's like I, I saw reactions to it. I, I saw what I would assume is a bit of a review bomb campaign uh, on the part of the trolls out there because, you know, let, let's be real. I have a feeling a lot of people uh, trying to sink Eternals are probably the same type that, that hate any type of diversity in Hollywood. It's I don't know, man. I mean. I like to call myself enlightened. Other people call it woke. And I'm not someone that like sits here and, and spends my whole life talking about this stuff. But I look at it as from the point of view of a white male. I, I've seen so much content in my life that that represents and reflects what I am. OK, after I had a little girl, it was made much more clear to me that not everyone is a white male. Yes. That gets to see people like them on movies, shows, heroes, heroines, so on and so forth. I mean, I can see it in my daughter now. If we're watching a movie and there's not a a powerful woman or a lead role woman, she tunes the fuck out. And yeah, I don't blame yeah. her. So so that's why, it, you know, when you get these movies like Eternals, it, it does have a diverse class. Yes, there's uh, a gay guy in it and there's a gay kiss and ooh, ooh. I'm like, you know what? Good for these people. And you know what? You know why it makes people like me feel awkward? Because we haven't seen it our whole lives. Okay? Yeah. Think about, think about those people. Think about people of color. Think about gay people. That their entire lives watching movies, TVs, they don't see themselves being represented. But Matt, so I don't why, <laughs> why would I think about anybody other than I myself? Know. I know I'm I know I'm digging a hole right here with a large base of our fans who now probably think I'm like a, a woke warrior. That's all about cancel culture and this other nonsense. No, I, I hate political correctness. You, you can probably pick that up on the way I fucking talk. But I, I don't get backlash to seeing other people than you on the big screen. It's okay. We've had yeah. our run as white people, white men. It's good. There's still going to be a lot of whiteness out there. Don't worry about it. If you get one Marvel movie that has a little diversity and, and inclusion, it's okay. But with that being said, I'm not going to say it's a good movie, okay? I'm not going to say okay. it's a bad movie. It's, it's just, I'm going to quote Blainer things, it's just kind of there. And it, it, it's, it's a, it leaves you with a very odd feeling. You know, Nick, it's, I can't even describe it to other films I've, I've seen. I, I, you know, I went there, I sat through the way too long 237 runtime. I mean, I, I will argue the edit is a little long. Yeah. But it's not like at any point I, I was sitting there going, man, this sucks. I can't wait till it's over. But I also wasn't like, yeah, woo, yeah, Eternals, yeah, 
do it, yeah. guy. Do it, I- Icarus, or do it, uh, that guy, or Kingo. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's, I don't yeah, know what I mean, to tell you. It's, it's always interesting with a first... I mean, you have to look at Eternals as like a... This is almost like a relaunch of Marvel in a certain way. Because now that, you know, Infinity, the Infinity Saga is over... You really are just basically saying, okay, now Infinity Saga is over, so we're just basically rebooting the whole Marvel universe, and we have to reintroduce you to all of these people that you're probably going to be with for the next 10 years. We have to to show you what, you know, it's tough. It's not like, I mean, because of the pandemic, Phase 4 has essentially been butt-fucked in terms of its scheduled rollout. I mean, to me, the the last impactful Phase Four movie was Spider Man: uh, Far From Home. Yeah, um, Black Widow, sure, whatever. It's technically like released Black- during Phase Four, but it had nothing to do with Phase Four. Yeah, but say that's not going to really bleed into Phase Four no. too much, unless they really do bring like Red Guardian and yeah, uh, her sister Which, into and- this universe. And from what I've read, the stinger in Black Widow is more of a setup for, I think, the Hawkeye TV series more than phase four itself. So you're you're exactly right, Nick. I mean, Eternals is essentially a reboot for phase four, an origin story for the characters. And ultimately, I, I think it's the delivery vehicle to introduce the concept of Celestials to the MCU, to phase four. Um, you know, this is, this isn't a spoiler. I'm not talking about Eternals, but, but we know uh, those of us in the know, pop culture freaks who've watched Loki, this, that, and the other thing, we know that Kang is coming. Like Kang is going to be probably the Thanos of the phase four, the, the big bad that you got to circle the wagons around. But I I have a feeling these celestials are now also going to be coming into play a bit. So I don't know. I mean, it, it didn't feel like an MCU movie at all. So people that hate the MCU formula, you may appreciate that. Uh, I kind of looked at that as a, a negative because it, did, it didn't feel that attached to the, how many fucking movies we got? I think in the 30s or something like I that. I say, like 20 plus for sure. But Yeah, I mean, I mean, you get like a casual Thanos line drop here and there and then the Avengers drop here and there. And then, you know, the trailer stuff we saw, like, why didn't you guys come and help? Um but outside of that, it's it's pretty standalone. So I don't know what to tell you on Eternals. I would I would say if you're someone hesitant going to a theater, this isn't a movie to do it on. Uh, you're you're more than fine waiting for Disney Plus. Uh, but in the same line, I would also say I wouldn't skip it. it it's just weird. It's like yeah. I, I guess I would have to somewhat agree with those reviewing it in the sixty to sixty five out of a hundred type of rating. Yeah, yeah, and it like. It's so hard to look at reviews now for any sort of geek property because of like the review bombing and everything. Like right. if you look at if you look at the the critic score versus the audience score, critic score was like forty seven and then the audience score was like an eighty. Um and then if you look at Chloe Zhao's whole filmography, like the audience score has stayed relatively the same all the way down. It's always between eighty and eighty five. But you can see like a massive critic score dispar- like disparity between her last film, Nomadland, which was 97, and then this one, which was like 47.50. So I don't know. I mean, it's hard. Like, I don't, I don't even read reviews anymore. Like, as somebody who used to write them and, you know, whenever a Star Wars movie comes out, yeah, I still do write the review for it. But, like, I, I don't put stock in a lot of 
people's opinion because no, a lot of people are fucking stupid. Like, yeah, you, you no. can't anymore. You really can't. Like, even some of the the well, I've never really trusted the professional critics. I've I've met a few, and they're cocksuckers. They're yeah. They are kind of elite, elitist, like you know what I mean. Like, uh, I gotta go watch an Eternals movie. I need to watch the next David Lynch masterpiece. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> if if the guy who reviewed Dune is taking the same eye to the Eternals. I mean, like, I don't know. It's very weird. The only people who I really trust in terms of like reviews, quote unquote, is like Matt. Like, if you told me. Like you telling me that like it's an okay movie, it feels kind of hollow and it's long, then I can take that as feedback that I trust. Right. But if I go to fucking Rotten well, Tomatoes <laughs> and I read, you know, Dick Williams, whatever he fucking writes, like I don't, I don't really care about that. So yeah, Basement uh, yeah. Dweller four two zero. This yeah, movie like, sucks. It's like man, okay, <laughs> I believe you, Basement Dweller, and your uh, fifteen followers on Twitter. So oh, I, man. Yeah, I don't know. Hey Nick, I don't, I don't know, know if you, do you see my my uh, I forget what would Anne Marie call it my set today. Do you see the my set oh, on yes. the live stream? You like that? I see it. I see it. <laughs> I see the setup. Uh, I think like you know we're sorry if you're not on the live stream. I have a bunch of manscaped products sitting out here because our rep uh, sent some over to dress the set. And it's like all right, <laughs> okay. <laughs> set Amen. is dressed um but yeah you, you know you will hear about manscape later but i was like hey i'll throw it up there it's like what, what am i gonna do with this shit i, I can only have so many bottles of body wash and shampoo in my <laughs> shower without it getting clustered that's what <laughs> i know right <laughs> i will say that man, the, the new body wash i like it's it. awesome it, it really is like, like there's no bullshit we're not doing our ad yet <laughs> i I, I was jealous that Nick got his first, but I do have mine. I mean, I love them, man. They're, the, they're those nice, like, steel bottles. They're not bullshit plastic, and they're recyclable. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, it's got that Manscaped smell. So from literally from the top of my head to my taint and my feet, in fact, yeah. I've got the Manscaped scent, and I'm digging it. So I don't know. Maybe... Maybe I have to ask other men or women if they if they like the smell too, but I, I appreciate it. So there you go. That's a, <laughs> I mean, I, I checked out Eternals. Like I said, uh, still nothing to report on the gaming front. I'm being lazy, sticking to the old stuff. Uh, TV-wise, nothing new outside of just still a huge uh, supporter of Foundation and Succession. Uh, both had new episodes this week and just... Man, foundation. I hope the guy, uh, I think it's Lynch, gets his the eight seasons he he wants because I want to see them now. Uh, it's just I love it. I love the fucking show. Love the universe. Love the characters. Love the look and feel, and love how they just kind of dangle that carrot enough to where at the end of every episode you're 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 almost teetering off a cliff, going oh oh come on no I gotta wait till next Friday and you know that's just a sign of a good program to me. Yeah. So. All right, well, there you go. Nick's leaving in the middle of a big reveal week, so I'm going to have to man the fort by myself. I have uh, I have contemplated maybe bringing in one of the reserves. I've got four names in mind that, that I would trust these days to... Go into the bench. Uh, to be He's able to fill... Yeah, you know, it, it, it takes <laughs> takes some big shoes to fill Nick's seat over there, and there, there are at least four people that have been on the show before, like I said, that I can trust to... Um, have a conversation with and not just hey what do you think of this oh good okay, okay. all right well what do you think about that uh yeah you know what i mean i mean that's the 
you can't say too many positive things about Nick and I, but the one thing you can say is that when we get going, we are full of fucking hot air and there is rarely a pause in the action. You know what Very I mean? Very true. So. Very true. All right, buddy, let's get to it. Up first, like we've been saying all along, Disney Plus Day is coming up this Friday, I believe 9 a.m. Eastern Time is the official kickoff across. I think you're going to get a lot of this shit on um, social media. Social, yeah. So it's not even like you have to be a true Disney Plus sub to to get any benefit. But there is going to be some content that they specifically release on app. But, you know, considering we are the Star Wars time show, we only give a shit about the Star Wars content. And and we're not talking about the, we know there's going to be the under the helmet, you know, the life of one Boba Fett, the scion of Django. Um, but there is other stuff planned. Like, like we put out last week, we, you know, rumors are out there how Nick and I, we've been pontificating on this. It's not like you really have to be a genius or even be in the know to figure this shit out. But, you know, we, we just don't kind of present our content as being factual because we pull it out of our ass, even though I think that's what most sites do. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, around the internet, a lot of the Star Wars sites out there have been, uh, you know, speaking of Disney Plus content, that's Star Wars content, that is. Um, yeah, Cleon for life. Cleon for life. The rule of three. Sorry. They got, we got some foundationers in the uh, live stream here. Got me off track. But anyways, <laughs> Disney Plus Day. Here's what we can expect as Star Wars fans that is has nothing to do with under the helmet nonsense, even though I think that's going to be pretty good for those that want to learn about Fett's bozo years of his life. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi series will be getting a teaser trailer. All right. Nick and yeah. I have have said as much over the past few weeks when we learned about Disney Plus Day. Everything lines up. Uh, the production ended a few months ago. They most definitely probably have stuff in the can ready for uh, human consumption. At least those that haven't been in the know on the production. And um, I, I don't know. I just I I, I do feel like we're going to get a look at Kenobi uh, teaser trailer versus a, a sizzle reel or mini BTS. I don't know. I would personally prefer a teaser trailer because that kind of gets the the speculation juices flowing on actual plot and look of the world. But quite frankly, seeing Ewan and Hayden fucking off behind the scenes on set in their costumes wouldn't be so bad either. Right, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I feel like if there's one that's going to give us like a BTS, I would want it to be that one more than anything because it would evoke so many memories from the prequel BTS and you're seeing those two guys back together, specifically Hayden. Like, we don't know how much, like, FaceTime we're actually going to get with Hayden outside of the suit. So being able to see him in action again is, is going to be special. So if there is a BTS, I definitely want it for Kenobi. Yeah, I don't, there's a part of me, Nick, that feels like even if there is BTS, because he is playing the man, they're still going to keep him kind of hidden from view. Like... You know, I yeah, you sort of saw Hayden in the Vader costume in Rots, yeah. but he was all still right, burned right up before. and crispy. But <laughs> we don't want you to quite see what he looks like yet. I mean, I'm not saying we we don't get Hayden at all. Maybe you get him out of costume, like a little interview. But yeah. I think seeing him e- either in the f- 
they're definitely not going to show him as General Skywalker in case there's going to be a flashback because, you know, they don't want to give that away. Um, I just I think in general, we're probably not going to see Hayden in any sort of costume if now this is a big if there is a uh, Kenobi sizzle or BTS because the Internet is reporting that Kenobi is slated for a teaser trailer. All right. I'm just kind of doing my own little spin here well all right i mean i i could really see any three format being a teaser bts or sizzle uh, but like i said personally and professionally i would like a a teaser just to kind of get us into the world what are we dealing with who's who who you know what, what do these people look like what does what does the some of the sets look like and what is the tone and, and, and you know pretty much what we got from book of boba teaser um, what about you, man? I mean, are, are you thinking they're going to go for a teaser this early or would it be more like what they've done with book and didn't show jack shit until what 60 days before its premiere? I feel like this one is like Kenobi is in a very interesting position because I feel like you would get I feel like you would get more reaction and more benefit out of not showing a teaser at this point and just focusing on those two guys. Okay. Yeah. Because it, like it pulls everybody back in. In terms of like what I want to see, I definitely want a teaser because I want to see like you know exactly what you were saying. Like, can I pull anything out of this fucking background? Like, what is there? Is there anything that I can speculate on that popped up on the screen for two and a half seconds that may be you know oh this is the 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 droid from episode two and now he's in here. So what does what does that mean? Like. You can get a lot more speculation juices going, and like for us on the show, we can always pull speculation out into into longer form conversations. So teasers would be more beneficial there. But man, like honestly, if it's a if it's a fiver, like if we get a five minute video and it's just Deborah and it's Deborah talking about her vision, and then Ewan coming in talking about taking you know putting on the the robes again and, and, and playing that role. And then hate sitting there and saying how much it means to him to be able to do this character. Right. Like that would, that would get me going to an equal degree, but there's nothing better than, than like a minute long teaser where oh, yeah. you, you just get the hair, you get that one thing that like makes your hair stand on the back of your neck. Like, Oh shit, it's real. Here we go. But yeah, it's like, a, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, kind of getting chills just thinking about how they could open it like maybe maybe they open with his with his uh some of his lines from a new hope when he's kind of re recanting or re uh, recounting the tale yeah of the clone wars and his father to luke like you know the dark times before you know all that type of stuff um yeah i don't know i don't know i mean it, like i said the internet's saying kenobi slated for a teaser which hey i'm i'm all for it but like Nick, I'd almost I'd be down with just a BTS with nothing but Hayden because I mean, yeah. we really haven't heard the guy talk about the character or the universe in a serious fashion since pre or, or since probably filming on Revenge of the Sith wrapped. I mean, even when they wheel him out at, at these celebrations now, it's more of like, hey, it's Anakin. How's it feel to be here? Good. I'm a, I'm gonna make probably twenty thousand dollars from these motherfuckers that want autographs. Uh, can I get <laughs> off the stage now, please? I don't want to be around these people. Uh, I I I feel like getting them back into the universe. Acting though, he he's probably maybe he'll open up a bit more 
on the character, how he feels about the character now, the difference between playing Anakin now versus Anakin back in the early double zeros. Um, but either way, Kenobi is definitely going to be covered, which means my ass will probably be furiously working on the keyboard Friday going, blah, 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 what can I do? What can I pull out of my ass to try and get some clicks here? All right. This one's kind of a surprise to me and, and why I label all this shit as a rumor at this point. But according to the Internet, Andor is rumored to be getting another sizzle reel, which it got last December at yeah. that big uh, investors deal where they revealed all these new projects coming up. I don't know. I mean, it, I'd have to check my notes, but I'm pretty sure Andor has been wrapped prior to Kenobi. Mm -hmm. It had a longer production. You would think if any series is ready for a trailer, it would be Andor. That's what I was going to say. I feel like we're past the point for a sizzle for Andor. I mean, we've seen it. Like we, we know what the sizzle with Andor is. Like we understand the setting we understand the players involved and we understand kind of the general concept of the show so i feel like a sizzle reel is not gonna it's not gonna pay off like a, like a trailer like even like a shorter trailer would like to give you more of like a right. an actual idea of like what is the plot that's being laid out here yeah, I mean, I, uh, I guess the first one we got, Nick, was all just kind of concept art bullshit and a few yeah. interviews. So maybe you get more of like that BTS reel. Yeah, what we're talking about, if you were at Celebration 2019, where the Mando got its official yeah. kind of birthing to the world, and they never released this outside of Celebration, this is this is what we're talking about. It, it was essentially it's a it's like a mini uh, uh, documentary is the best way I can describe it. It's, it's, a, it's a documentary short that kind of details the production and the main players involved and why they're hyped about it. And we didn't necessarily get that for Andor, so I guess there's room for it. But at this point, Nick, if they're not ready to show off a trailer, could this mean there may be some underlying issues with the, the edit, the, the story itself? I don't know. I mean, they're all done shooting, so it's not like they're, they're changing anything, but it, yeah. why keep and, it so close to the vest? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're waiting for like a specific time. We still don't have like an official release date yet for Andor, but we're assuming that's going to be the first, I mean, like the next yeah, live would, action show you would, after, you would think so. after book. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing, Nick, we haven't discussed. I would assume they may start slapping some dates on Friday yeah. too. Yeah, I think that I think it's safe to assume that I I mean, I would say it's safe to assume that we get an Andor date because like you said, this one was filming in like early March of this year. Like they they had started filming pretty early and you know, we got set photos and a ton of set photos during the end of production. We had like big stuff from the sun and everything like that. That that should be ripe for a full-on release date. For for Kenobi, I can see if they give you like a quarter, like you know, you know Q4, not even like a quarter, but like you know, fall twenty twenty two or something like that, like a seasonal, like a seasonal window. But if they count, like if Andor, if they can't confidently say like, hey, this this show's coming out in March, you know, twenty twenty two, then it's kind of weird because it's it seems like it's been finished for a while. Yeah. Um. That you know. I don't think we're going to get too much anything, you know, too much Mando season three stuff, obviously, because that's been kind of pushed back until, I mean, we're assuming that we're probably not going to see any Mando season three stuff until 
near winter 2023. Well, I mean, according to this, Nick, the internet's saying we may get a little BTS sizzle for Mando S3. If we get that, I I could see that for Mando S3 for sure, because there's, they probably have some stuff ready or at least conversations that were filmed with like, yeah, I mean, it's been filming now shit, man, for it's going on almost two months of shooting Mando S3 already. So uh, those those little annoying people with the cameras falling around the cast probably have enough footage to, th- yeah. to throw something out there. Uh, Book of Boba is also rumored to be getting a a BTS sizzle reel at Disney Plus uh, day two. So uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I feel Andor- like a sizzle reel for Bo for Book like Book is literally like a like a month and a half away. Yeah, and well, like I, we need something more than that. We, I, we, I think, I think they're thinking is, hey, we gave you the trailer a week ago. Now we're gonna give you a little bit of a peek at the production and the fun everyone had, and Robert Rodriguez's yeah. his his how he likes to craft a scene and and the the tone he likes to bring to the Star Wars universe. That type of like you know fluffy fluff piece type of deal. Yeah, yeah, I can um, see that then. But yeah, the the Andor thing. Who knows? I mean, it's just it's like why not? You know, if it's I odd. think I think what Nick said, if we don't get even a window, like a quarter a quarter release window, they it's just like they almost don't believe in it anymore. Although I don't know if you saw this, Nick. I think it was on leaks, but someone's out there saying that they're planning on three seasons of Andor. Like that's like that's take it to the bank type of deal with with Gilroy remaining as the showrunner throughout. Yeah, I mean, you have time. I mean, if you go far back enough in Cassian's life, then you have plenty of time to cover until we meet him in Rogue. So I would I would be fine with like if you predate this three to five years from where Rogue is and then you just kind of play it forward from there. It makes sense that you could get enough out of it and then you could kind of slowly start to filter in the players that we see in Rogue. You know, K2SO comes in season two. If it's true that he's not going to make it into season one, you may even get some some Galen Urso and and uh, season two, season three type of materials. You get a lot. You know, it is can Krennic come back? Can they get Ben Mendelsohn back in to play Krennic again and have him start to play more more of an antagonist towards the end of the show that rolls into Rogue? Because I mean, the way that I would like to see it, I would like to see this show kind of play all the way up until Rogue and this just have that be like one long continuous series of events until Cassian and Jin's death at the end of the movie. Like I think that would be a cool way to play it. But uh it just depends I mean, on if you can get those people back in the saddle. Yeah, we we've said it here, I mean at least me personally, pretty much anything Star Wars sign me up for seasons to infinity i I really don't care i don't care i've watched everything i've watched to some of you the dreaded resistance and enjoyed it so i'm i'm good there's really not a lot of star wars at this point in time that i won't sit there and 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 uh, just kind of consume it's star wars there's always time for star wars time we don't say that for a reason um, all right, so uh, some of the final updates for Disney Plus Day in terms of Star Wars content. And really, now that you know some of the stories we're about to talk on the show here today, this just we can almost start filling in the gaps here. So uh, when I first reported this, I was like, yeah, we're going to get a few new series revealed with a canon-based animated series being amongst them. 
you know, last week we just talked about the rumor about animated mall to kind of drive the, uh, the, the crimson Dawn narrative that they're weaving throughout the comics. Well, that's looking like that's going to be definitely legit and possibly revealed on Disney plus day. Um, but there's also like all this stuff going on with the star Wars movie slate. I mean, we, we've got some goofy shit to talk about They they can't yeah. Nick, they can't fucking figure out star Wars movies anymore. It's they're it, broken over there. It's crazy. It's uh, weird, know, man. We'll, we'll, we'll get there when we talk yeah. about rogue squadron, but I mean, there's a good chance. Maybe we get a, a movie reveal uh, to kind of plug some of the PR holes that are happening this week with, uh, Lucasfilm on the movie side, TV side, they're, they're knocking it out of the park movie side. I, I am truly starting to get concerned with what the fuck they're doing over there. Uh, and like I said, we'll talk more about this in our rogue squadron uh, lead, but it, it's not looking good in terms of people being on the same page and getting shit done on a schedule. It's just, yeah, it's not working. It's not schedule working. schedule is the big is the big word here, and we'll get to it. But yeah, it's, it's insane, very man. Odd. Very. Odd. I mean, you, you can re- you can take a line all the way back to TLJ's opening, and that's when it all started. Like the the movie side of Lucasfilm, and you could argue probably the dawn of Disney Plus started because of what happened with TLJ and some of the reactions, yeah. and then the the perceived solo failure because. They rushed it and, you know, big, big Bobby boy wanted to stick to the schedule and not fuck over Mary Poppins in December for solo. <laughs> Good move, Bob. Uh, but it really has. I mean, it, it's it, it was officially broken after TLJ and they 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 can't get back on the movie horse. They just they can't do it. I mean, we yeah. are supposed to have a movie this fucking December. We should be talking about the next Star Wars live action film. That's gone. That, that that was canceled all the way to 2023. And now 2023 could be in limbo. So it's yeah. like, what is happening over there? I think that as soon as they had that, as soon as Disney Plus opened and that windfall of cash yeah. hit them, they were just, they completely, Cha-ching. they went from like movies. They were like, oh, fuck movies. Like this is the, this is the future. Yeah. This is Ca- the shit that's going to sustain us for a long time. Like, capitalism drives decisions my friends like it or not but nick is 100 percent right if you look at filmmaking especially in this day and age i i imagine the cost to make a movie have gone up probably 10 percent or more just because of all the restrictions you got to have in place for you know unvax vax this that and the other thing yeah. and then if you're someone with the cash and you're sitting at two options we're like hey nick we know you're rich as fuck how about you put up a quarter of a billion dollars? We're going to make a Star Wars movie. It's Star Wars. It's You're going to get your money back probably more. It's Star Wars. And you don't really know because the last Skywalker movie underperformed. Solo barely broke even, if not lost money after you include the marketing budget. Yeah. So it's not, it, it's not a fucking guarantee anymore. But if, if they pitch, hey, Nick. We're going to make another show like The Mandalorian. Nick doesn't even think you see the little chubby pop up and he hands over his debit card, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, hey, Nick, uh, give us $100 million for a, a sure return or give us a quarter of a billion for 
eh, it might or it might not, or the fans yeah. may riot again and burn down the the mouse house. Yeah, so. it's like j- just from an economic perspective, you always go with the sure thing. I mean, yeah. and that's kind of where they are now. They, they know that they can put out basically anything on Disney Plus that's either Marvel or Star Wars related, and it's gonna it's gonna hit big. Right. So you know. And it's going to bring new unsure. people in and it's going to keep people like us that signed up for bundles when we heard that they were going to have a Star Wars show about a guy in Mandalorian armor on it. I was like, fuck it. Sign me up for four years. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm locked into Disney Plus yeah. <laughs> until like 2023 or some nonsense. So, yeah. you know, they, they nabbed me early with the Star Wars TV show trick and, and they're just going to keep doing it because they've got that system now uh, and how to shoot them, how to shoot them efficiently. And I'm sure as as um uh, what what word am i looking for budget conscious as possible versus yeah. a movie where you know it, it's clear they they can't figure the shit out and, and i think a lot of it they're hedging on like oh look what happened with some of the standalones with solo and look even the the, the skywalker saga the untouchable skywalkers struggled to get to a billion dollars what are we gonna do we need our billions who cares about art we just need our billions so fuck movies and that that's pretty much where they're at (laughs) all right oh hey speaking of speaking of my my favorite transition at least i'm not doing a bunch of right hey nick right do do you remember that matt smith story he was going to be in the rise of skywalker right 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 yes uh, but anyways, it, uh, Nick put this one out. So if, if you remember back, kind of, you know, rewind a couple years now when, you know, everyone was making a big hubbub about Matt Smith, former Doctor Who, being in The Rise of Skywalker. Well, guess what? He was supposed to be after all. Go ahead, yeah. Nick. Let him know. Yeah. So after a couple years of speculation, he actually came out recently on uh, Josh Horowitz's podcast. Josh Horowitz is like an entertainment writer and has a, a, a big following on pa- Patreon, Patreon, whatever it is. And he spoke to Matt Smith and basically asked him like, hey, is this true? And if it was true, who, who were you playing? And uh, Smith said, yes, it was true. Wait, they, he had conversations, multiple conversations with LFL Disney Brass about a role that he that he described as transformative, a transformative <laughs> Star Wars detail, uh, a big shift in the history of the franchise. Is what so, he said so Nick, for people that done. don't understand big words like that, that means it would have been a pretty huge thing yeah, for the plot, it, right? Like, like exactly yep. pivotal, a very pivotal role, super important. So um, this is his exact quote when. Um, Josh asked him, like, was he going to be in it? What was the role? Uh, he said, we were close to me being in it. The thing they were thinking of me for, eventually the part became obsolete and they didn't need it. Uh, it was a pretty groovy part in concept. It was a big thing, a big story detail, a transformative Star Wars story detail. It was a shift in the history of the franchise. Um, basically, Horowitz came straight out and asked him, like, were you playing Palpatine's son? Um, and from there spawns and, and Smith like was very noncommittal in his, in his response. He basically said like, even if that was the role, I wouldn't have, I, I can't tell you, uh, probably because he signed NDAs just having conversations with, with, with Lucasfilm and Disney. Right. Um, but, but the, but from there, if he was to play Palpatine's son, what we know about Palpatine's son 
is that he was a clone of right. Palpatine himself. So a lot of people started off this speculation trail that not only would he have played the son who was Ray's father, but in the scene where Palpatine drains the dyad to, to repower himself, it's now being speculated that not only would, would Palpatine have become not decrepit, but he would have essentially transformed back into Matt Smith, a.k.a young Palpatine and that he would, that that would have been him fighting Ray at the end of the movie. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know me, man, I, I, when we were there and, and Ian was there and you got the reveal that the pa Palpatine was back, all right, it was a cool moment, but the more you kind of th think about it and then you see the movie, it's like, it just, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like the return of Palpatine. I don't like Ray being a Palpatine. I don't like clone Palpatine dad. Uh, yeah, so even, I mean, like, it, it gets into, like, Star Wars has always been a very, I mean, like, incestuous is one way you could say it. It's a very family-centric film, <laughs> and I feel like, you know, whether it be George that, that kind of nudged, you know, uh, JJ in that direction, which JJ himself has said in, in interviews in the past, or or what, like what, how that decision. I think that's was a made. lie. I think JJ was lying because there, I, if I forget who did it, but someone interviewed George back when he was making the prequels or shortly after, and I think it just came out or it's out, and it's like supposedly direct from George's mouth. And I know we we've talked about it, but George essentially wanted Maul to be the big bad of the sequel yeah. trilogy. Yeah, and um, like so, so yeah. I mean, I I don't know who or what to believe now. Like in, in terms of, you know, how they came to this decision right. that Palpatine was the big bat. And and I will say that, like, you know, you you were in that fucking that press conference at at celebration, and when Ian's voice came over that loudspeaker, it was like Dance God Gippy? himself had had yeah. been lowered from the fucking ceiling, <laughs> like. Everybody. And I don't know. I mean, I guess they still could have done it right. But the fact that they did part of his reveal in Fortnite and then, you yeah. know, there's a meme going around now basically saying, like, think about this. The screenwriter for The Rise of Skywalker got paid millions of dollars and he wrote a line. Somehow Palpatine has returned and Oscar yeah. Isaacs had to read it. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it was it's just like it was such a gross mishandling of the narrative of that full movie and Palpatine himself. Like, it's just, I don't know. And, and you can see it, man. We talk about it with, with all these comics, and I honestly think this is what Bad Batch is leading up to. This is what the Mando timeline is leading up to. They're all backfilling now for Rise of Skywalker. It's yeah, all backfill I mean, to justify this guy coming back to life after, you know, he, he, he was like, what, 135 by the time Rise of Skywalker turned around and negated Vader's big move. I, and just the more I think yeah. about it, the more I'm like, man, fuck. I mean, it, Trust it's really is the, to me, I, I know people get sensitive here when people speak their opinions, but Trust to me is truly the biggest letdown of the sequel trilogy. It is. I think that's a, that's, that's a good way to put it. The biggest letdown for sure. Like, I feel 100%. like, you know, you can argue the merits of the film versus others in the franchise going all the way back or, or, or whatever, but it was definitely the biggest letdown. And now what they're, they're, they're prequelizing it. Like they're doing yeah, what, what yep. Filoni did with the animated series and everything, mm -hmm. even, even the things that are still happening now, 
to to essentially backfill all the prequel stuff that we needed greater context into and you know it's not a bad thing look we're getting excellent content because of it but right i mean i don't think that anything's ever going to be able to get you to the points where like you watch that like you're my granddaughter moment and you're like man this 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 no. is way better than what it was when I first saw no, it. Like, no, I I, I, mean, I know I, I know what you're saying. I just I don't know if they can save Tross like they saved Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace. It's, I just... it's definitely a bigger. It's a harder <laughs> task. Yeah, I mean, it's a harder it's task. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's just like some really lazy writing in Tross, and they gloss over a ton of exp- explanation and narrative and. I mean, yeah, hey, it makes for decent comic book stories, but who the fuck is reading those outside of goofballs like me? It, I don't know. It's just... Yeah. So, but I mean, if Matt Smith that... was still going to be tied to Palpatine, I don't know how transformative that would be unless, like, he was truly Ray's father and helped out there to, like, have her figure out, like, you don't have to be... A, a true Palpatine, you can also embrace the light. My daughter, you know, as as Palpatine's yeah. like frying his clone boy. I, I don't know. I just, I, I think yeah, the whole it, reliance on Palpatine kind of shot that it, movie in yeah. the foot from the get go. <laughs> in retrospect, it was definitely not the right move. Like it no. got the reactions that they wanted when it was announced, but in in actual play, it. It probably just didn't play nearly wasn't well done the right way it. and i'm sure you nick and i we could we could sit here and spitball for the next hour and and make palpatine and tross work you know but that would it probably would have added like an extra hour hour and a half to the movie to fully explain like all right well how show yeah. it Let, let's get some of and the look, backstory on how his essence w- got over there and what what the fuck was snoke is he just well, an yeah. aborted fetus what are we talking about? So and look, we, we look, me and Matt would have sat in the theater too for an extra hour for them to give us everything we needed. Bro, we we were calling great. like, like all along. We, 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 we <laughs> were made to look like idiots. We we're like, Oh, this is going to be the longest star Wars movie. It's going to be the return of the King of star Wars. They have to, it's the last one, right? They told us Skywalker saga <laughs> sunsetting after the rise. Of, it's, it's going to be uh, the journey of a lifetime. The, uh, uh, the, the greatest entry in the, the, the finale of the saga and you get one of the shorter movies and somehow palpatine has returned and that's it that's what you fucking get that's the explanation he was a puppet master and you just have to sit there and go yep science fiction so yeah you 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 basically leave with more questions than you had answers but hey that's why we now have the bad batch and the mandalorian and the book of boba fett and ahsoka they're all gonna figure it out and lead us towards Palpatine's resurrection on Exegol, but it's never going to fix it for me. And I know there's going to be, well, no, TLJ ruined it. But think about it. TLJ was the middle movie. They still could have came in and either just continued some of Ryan's thoughts and made a more coherent trilogy or improved upon some of his thoughts and made a more. No, they did just like, hey, fuck it. We'll, we'll forget most of the themes that this guy introduced and we'll just go back to the first movie and try to like create this, you know, rickety bridge to connect them all. And it, it, it doesn't fucking work. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, Matt Smith, I never want to say that we, you know, he, he missed his chance because the way that we were just talking about Disney plus means that, Hey, if they, if they want to do a young Palpatine series and really explore him pre episode one and see him with, I mean, if they still want to make 
you know, the, the, the same backstory for him, then they can use Darth Plagueis and everything else and, you know, show him coming up under Darth Plagueis and everything like that, like how this ultimate evil in the galaxy came to be, then Smith is there and he can probably play that role really well. Given Dude, he, he just he just looks like he's meant for a villain in Star Wars. I mean, I yeah. I'd argue, I mean, I, I know we've talked about, I think Lars is going to get it playing the live action Thrawn, but I mean, yeah. you could see this guy with the, with the blue makeup on and red eyes and definitely, he, definitely. He, he fills that, he fills the, or fits the bill, I guess. Yeah. So we'll can't, can't say anything else about this role. He's not going to give up what it was or who it was just because he probably still crossing his fingers that, that he yeah. gets that phone call. He's like, Hey, yeah, I mean, let's I'm, be I'm real. here. We can sit here and poke holes in Star Wars stuff, but any one of us would cut off testicles to be in it. So, yeah, uh, Nick's right. I mean, guys like him aren't going to just be like, oh, yeah, I was going to be the emperor, Emperor's uh, clone, and I was going to have sex with Rey, and our baby was going to be the next Skywalker. And be like, all right, well, <laughs> hey, okay. What, right. a, what an interesting move there, huh? Yeah, That's no, <laughs> he, he, he's angling for another role at another time. Because if, if you get in Star Wars as like a a recurring lead you can pretty much print money the rest of your life if you want to yeah. quit acting you can go go to the rhode island comic-con like our boy sw props co- i mean at this point props is he, he is like a mandalorian wrangler i mean between Lori, uh lauren mary lauren kim mary, and yeah. and emily swalls he was there with jean carlo and carl i mean he he was like behind the curtain at the Mandalorian panel at the Rhode Island Comic Con. So good for him. We're going to have to like start, you know, he's going to have to become our man on the street or maybe the new producer. I don't know. Spot yeah. Spot Spencer might be losing his spots. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Spencer. I know. Yeah, Spencer, he's Spencer another narcissist like myself. Yeah. He's like, he listens to the show after the fact. And in our Discord last week, he's like, hey, they're not talking about me and my news yet. And he's like, oh, there it is. Finally. It's like, geez, buddy. <laughs> Someone likes themselves. But I get it, Spencer. I'm the same way. The world revolves around people like you and me. Okay. On to the, uh, the disarray at Lucasfilm, at least in terms of the movie wing here. Right? We, we can, I think we all can agree they're kicking ass and taking names on the TV front. But the movie side of the house is, it's just falling off a cliff at this point it in time. <laughs> it's and a question for sure. It's its wonky. And what we're talking about here is this just, this was starting to boil to the surface last week. Um, I mean, our next topic was kind of the impetus for this being confirmed finally. Uh, but yesterday, THR, the Hollywood Reporter, officially came out and confirmed that Rogue Squadron, the movie that Patty Jenkins was is helming, and that was it was the big bell of the ball at the uh, event last December. Yep. Uh, I mean, hell, right? They they had her in an orange jumpsuit. They, they had her on a, a fucking runway. Runway or, you know, with the X wing right there. Right. Like I mean, that they, was they that, that was the around. splash. Yeah, right. that they, was they, the bang. And, well, well, guess what? It's been delayed <laughs> in, yeah. indefinitely. Uh, apparently because of Patty's schedule, Nick and I will talk more on that in a bit, but yeah, Rogue Squadron was supposed to be, was, was on the slate for Lucasfilm to start shooting in 2022 for its, and this was confirmed, right? Nick, correct me if I'm I'm wrong. Rogue was the December, 2023 film. It was, it was. And I, yeah, like, I don't know what happened. I mean, we'll talk about it soon, but yeah, that was to be, the first yeah. movie released a- after 
the Rise of Skywalker. That was confirmed, right. but correct. So two years after we were supposed to get a movie this year, they were they were supposed to be getting back to putting out Star Wars films. You know, something a lot of us probably figured would happen when the mouse b- um, bought the license from Georgie Boy. I mean, just look what they've done with Marvel since they've owned the license. They shit out upwards of three to four movies a year. I was kind of expecting something similar, maybe not at, at the same level, but at least a film a year, right? I mean, that that's not too much to ask, and there's that damn rights coming up. <laughs> but no, uh, it, Rogue Squadron, according to THR and, and a lot of other media outlets, like I said, this was bubbling up last week in rumor posts. THR, they just came out and said, yeah, this is happening. This is our exclusive. But according to them, Rogue Squadron is being delayed due to scheduling conflicts with Patty's other projects, such as Wonder Woman 3 and Cleopatra. Here's my take, dude. And I know we're on the same page on this. Yeah. How dumb do they think we are? <laughs> yes, right? exactly. Like, I, I, know, well, I guess that's a stupid question. There's a lot of dumb motherfuckers these days. So, I mean, that, that they probably do think we're really dumb, and I guess I don't blame them anymore. But honestly, when you are Lucasfilm, and you're Disney, and you're a Patty Jenkins, and a Kathleen Kennedy, and, and a Bob Iger, and a Bob Chappick, all the motherfuckers in the know, making the decision, spending the money. You don't just arbitrarily set dates without verifying the dates are open. Like, come exactly. on. I mean, how... How Bush League is Lucasfilm looking right now? If they're, they're essentially saying, oh, shit, we had no clue the lady that directed and wrote the first two Wonder Womans would be working on the third one. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> and, oh, the Cleopatra she's also doing with Gail Godot and other people from Wonder Woman. How could we have missed that on our schedules? Damn, Patty, I wish we would have shared our Outlook calendars better. Oh, well, I guess we'll delay it. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. That doesn't happen in Hollywood with this stuff. You know how much money has already probably been dumped into this process? They're not going to just be like, oh, shit, the intern missed the schedules. Damn it, shucks. We got to now punt this to another year. Come on. I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands, if not millions, are already pumped into Rogue Squadron. I mean, just yeah, just look at the just pre the, the, just pre-production. Right. The, the the pomp and circumstance that they had last December with it. You know, bringing Patty out, talking on the stage, doing the commercial like Nick said on the runway, zipping up the the orange jumpsuit, getting into the X-wing. Like you're telling me at that point in time, they weren't locking down fucking schedules? Like Yeah. What? Like they they knew, and here's the deal. Like Matt and I, like Matt said, like we're already kind of on the same page here. And and here's the page. We all know that Wonder Woman 1984 was about as bad of a follow up as you can have to a great. Uh, one and, of the biggest letdowns of 2020 outside of the pandemic. Yes. So that did not go unnoticed by Lucasfilm because they look. They know that it's hard to get it. Now it seems hard to get Star Wars filmmakers because of the fandom, because of everything going on with it. <laughs> it's the same so they're like, it. yeah. So they're like, what's going to be worse for us to delay this movie that we've already announced? The only named movie that we have from Lucasfilm since the rise of Skywalker. Is it better to delay it or to push through and potentially have 
a very lackluster reemergence in the theaters for the franchise. And I, I feel like they're very happy saying, Hey, you know, Patty, it, we could say that you have other things on your schedule that got in the way to, to, to let this slide past. And maybe, you know, we can slip that past a couple of people, but really we want something that may be a little bit more safe to, to toss out before you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nick, they, they did something even worse to was his name? Josh Trank. Yeah. They literally right. just, he, he was him. doing the, he was doing the Boba <laughs> Fett movie. Yeah. And, and then Fantastic Four came out and they're like, uh, yeah, no thanks. See you later. Pal. They're like, you're fired. And Fucking so is your it. movie. Yeah, beat it. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> you're out of here. Yeah. This is not the first time that Disney has looked at a recent release from a filmmaker and then said, Hey, eh, we <laughs> might've got yeah. a little ahead of ourselves. We were a little yeah. too infatuated with their, with their piece of work that kind of broke their name big and made them, made them popular. So, but I mean, it, like big screen leaks, we, we have this up on the site now uh, and the stream, uh, but they're, they're out there saying now that it's delayed, it's a good time to mention that the film wasn't just delayed because of Jenkins and schedule. But that production on Rogue Squadron isn't going well behind the scenes. It was never going to be ready to shoot in 2022. And that is purely on, look, you can blame a lot of people here. But in my opinion, the fact that it went that bad is, is almost purely on Jenkins. Because once, you, once you're handed the reins, like once the paperwork is signed, and production or pre-production has started like it's on you as the director and writer and basically the you're you're the whole ringmaster of this thing it, it's on you that if production is going that bad that early on like that you can't like you can't blame Iger. you can't blame kennedy and look we don't have any sort of stories or, or tales from behind the scenes yet but man like we're assuming that you haven't even picked up a camera to start this movie yet. And we have zero casting rumors. We have zero casting news. The right. only thing that could be going wrong here is that Script. she's turned in bad product. Yeah. yeah that's just, the only thing. They're, they're not digging what they're reading. And, and I don't know. I know she's not the writer. I mean, they, they have a writer. I forget his name. I think it's Matt something. I, you know, if yeah, we, were... he, we, we talked about him last time when he, when we were discussing, like right when right. it first came out, they they right But I, yeah, either way, the the whole I think the scheduling thing is is cover. I think it's yes. more hey they because you would think what, what do you, how do you think it went or has this been reported? Nick, was it Disney pitching Rogue Squadron to her or did she pitch Rogue Squadron to Disney? The way that it seemed was that like she she had the idea for the movie because it was like her father was okay. uh, a a military fighter pilot, you know, she like, you know, I, so I, that was always my thought was that it was, it was her idea for this film. Okay. And they, they were like, well, that, yeah, that makes course. it even worse then. Like if, if it's your idea and it was good enough to sell Disney on it, like what have you been doing since the pitch? Yeah. I, Just, I'm not a hundred percent sure. It's, it's odd. But it's also not surprising given what we saw with Wonder Woman 84. I mean, Wonder well, Woman yeah, 84. That, Nick, is, that would have came out 
like a week or two after the crazy reveal uh, Disney presentation last year. Yeah, because that was still when like Wonder Woman 84 still had a fucking ton of hype behind it. Like right. everybody, it, I believe like, it came were, out. What was it? it didn't come out like Christmas Day or, or Christmas Eve. I, I remember it hitting HBO Max like Christmas Day or right around it. It, it came out on yeah December 25th. It came out yeah. on Christmas Day. So you still like during the reveal you still had a fucking ton of like super hype behind yeah. that film. Even, even the early reviewers, like the, the, the critics that get greased, let's be real. I mean, they're, yeah. they're usually way more positive than after the movie is released to the public and the public's like, Hey, I don't know about that. I mean, you could argue that something similar happened with TLJ where it was like in the 97, 98 greatest star Wars movie of all time. And then fans went to see it and there half of them wanted to chop their heads off after what they just watched. <laughs> but I, I mean, it could very well be, you know, they were, they were sold on the wonder wonder woman one success, which still is probably the, the best DC movie out there at this point in time. And then, you know, again, capitalism influences decisions. They saw what happened with Wonder Woman 84. Fans almost universally panned it. Uh, you know, you can't really judge its numbers because it released in the still when the pandemic was ultra fucked up and barely had vaccines. I don't even know if it had a run in, in movie theaters. It went right to HBO Max. Yeah. But uh, money aside, the, the product was not good. I mean, Wonder Woman 84, I, I don't even know if I could justify ever watching it again. It's just, no, it's like, unless blah. they come out with a re-edited version that has 30 minutes less movie in yeah, it, I'm just, not watching it. again. It's blah as fuck. I mean, I guess this speaks a little bit to Eternals. I, I would, I'd be willing to watch Eternals again over Wonder Woman 84. So Eternals at least had enough compelling shit in it and neat looking stuff. And characters, if you want I me, mean, if anything, Chloe goes deep into characters in Eternals. I mean, this yeah. movie is not about pew pews and, and big battles. Yeah. It's and, and very I would character rather, driven. I would rather have that for a first movie, like something that goes deep into the setup of the characters that you're going to see yeah. for the next 10 years than have a movie like Wonder Woman 84, where it was just like there there was you, you're not even relying on character setup because all of your main characters have already been established. And it's just bad for way too long. Like, you know, it, so. I, dude, it's weird. Like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck went wrong in that movie, but it just something was off big time. I mean, you had you have Pedro Gal. You had uh, what's her name in there? Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Like, I mean, you had you players had, in that you movie. Had some talent. It, just, it was just goofy. Oh, well. Yeah. Very off, but well, there you go. Now Rogue Squadron's delayed because of it, more than likely. But, <laughs> so. You know, yeah, but you know, there may be a, a bit of positivity yes. coming out of this, though. Nick, so, Nick so Matt, is why right. Don't, why don't you hit us with the potential of the, well, the replacement? I will, and we have a little bit more to add to it because today, some of the people that were reporting on this last week hedged their bets even more on what's going to fill the void, if you will. So, like Nick said. Just because uh, Rogue Squadron has been cleared from the 2022 shooting schedule at Lucasfilm doesn't mean they're entirely giving up on making Star Wars movies. So this next report actually came out prior to the official confirmation that Rogue was being delayed. All right, so in this report, 
uh, this uh, I believe big screen leaks kind of stem this uh, avalanche because once they yeah. put it out, then you had like the Jordan Maisons and all the other poo flingers were like, oh, yeah, I've heard this, too. You know how you do it? Like we, we need to get better at that, too, Nick. Like when someone yeah. reports something and then be like, oh, yeah, we oh, yeah. we've heard our about story. that, too. And here's our <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> but so anyways, the big tweet was there's a Star Wars film planning to shoot next year. It's not Taika's, Feige's, or Rogue Squadron. So that was the first, like, oh, shit, Rogue Squadron's not shooting. And yet that got a lot of people talking because if it's coming out in 2023 and it hasn't shot yet, it was definitely going to have to shoot in 2022. So you get this tweet that, you know, no Taika, no Feige, no Rogue Squadron. So this led a lot of people to be like, well, is it, is it Ryan's movies? Is it, you remember, Nick, we talked about, what was, it, what was his name, J.D. Dillard, or is that name yeah. ring a bell? Yeah. He, he was uh, attached to a, a an unannounced project at some point in time. So a lot of people were, you know, spitballing, what, what could it be? What could it be? If they're not doing Rogue, they're not doing one of the announced films, it, could, it, could Ryan finally be shooting? Is it this J.D. guy? Um, but you know, as the story started developed, like I said, more sites started to kind of cough up some information they were sitting on, including, uh, star Wars Newsnet, And, um, they hinted at, they've been hearing that really for years now, and it, this makes sense. And I'll remind everyone why for years now, Lucasfilm has been kicking the tires on the old Republic era. Uh, Nick, I, I, I'm sure you remember, but remember at some point in time, the Game of Thrones bros were attached yeah. to Star Wars officially, yes. officially announced. And there were heavy, heavy rumors, if not accusations, that their content would be set in the Old Republic era. <clears throat> so the fact that Disney may be plugging in in 2022 an Old Republic era movie does kind of line up. It does make sense that it's been in the pipeline. We've gotten reports on it, how they, they, they had people hired for it for the most part. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, then Jordan Mazon came out and he's like, oh, this is what I've heard about it. If it is going to be the old Republic movie, because like I said, now they're, they're starting to hedge and, ooh, it might be another era of, of, of the bygone Star Wars timeline and that is the High Republic, but we'll, we'll yeah. kind of riff on that in a minute. So uh, if this movie is to be shot in 2022 for the December 2023 release, and it is Old Republic, some of the rumors that have been heard by the Pooflingers. First, it will be its own story and not uh, really an adaptation of any existing, I guess at this point, EU or... Legends. Legends, sorry. Yeah. Legends-based <laughs> Old Republic content. So that would that would uh, be KOTOR, SWTOR, and I'm sure what they had some what books and comic books probably set during mm -hmm. the Old Republic. Yeah. Novels leading up to all of that. Right. And, and like I just said, and again, why I believe that this is probably true, it's been kicking around for a while. I mean, we've been talking about Old Republic rumors for at least two years or more. I mean, yeah. it... It feels like the Got Bros have been fired for a year now, and that may be true. So, I mean, this, the, the idea of Old Republic in a live-action setting it isn't that big of a shock to me. And why I do believe, uh, based on all the, the, the smoke coming up around the Rogue Squadron delay, that they're going to plug the void with another project, that the Old Republic era could definitely be where we're headed. Yeah. Um, 
And, and Jordan also said this is not the only thing in the world for this era, meaning they have multiple projects t uh, tagged for Old Republic. And then BSL, the account that kind of got all this stuff started, followed up with a a, a gif of Malgus. Yeah, uh, kind of kind of hinting at the old Republic era. But like I said, yeah. today now, Nick, a lot of these same sites that were like, oh, yeah, we've heard it's old Republic. That's going to fill the void for Rogue Squadron. That'll be the movie December 23. Now they're going, well, we've been hearing that, you know, the High, High, Republic. High Republic is a another era that they are dabbling in. So I, I kind of want to clarify that, that that doesn't mean old Republic is is not a thing. They're just saying that they're both things. And yeah. they they can't get clarity from their sources if the old Republic era is going to get the nod in 2022 or High Republic. Yeah, um, if it's old or high. So, there you go. which is so kind of my my. That's how you yeah. can describe me. At the, my You're old my and life. high. <laughs> I wish. Um, uh, you know, dude. So honestly, with kind of the momentum they have behind it, and uh, just it. It's the current thing that they have a lot of the brain trust working on. It, it would almost make sense to go right into High Republic and get something for that in 2023 versus Old Republic, which, you know, outside of gamers and hardcore fans, people aren't really going to have much attachment to it. Yeah, pe people, some people just aren't familiar with it. <clears throat> and, and, and look, just like for a little bit more color, like, you know, Star Wars, the old Republic, the MMO is having their 10 year anniversary. They recently just released 4k recuts of all of their awesome cinematics that people fucking love. Like even people who don't, don't play the game, never played the game, never plan to play the game. will watch those cinematics. Well, they, they've made, on, on I, I believe, you know, before I chased them off the show, but, um, old architect customs, I believe he's the one that told us that he's actually gone back and watched like, hours upon hours upon hours of cutscenes from Swator to just mm -hmm. learn about the stories yeah, uh, yeah. from that game. And, and like Nick said, it's, it's 10 years of content at this point. Yeah. But I'm, I'm leaning towards you and agreeing that it makes more sense for high Republic because a couple of things, one, they're heavily invested in the high Republic public publishing initiative, which you've already had um, two adult, I mean, you know, two like normal novels come out plus a host. I think of other they're content. in. Aren't they in like the full second phase of the High Republic at this point? I believe they're coming close. Yeah, I, I don't remember if the second phase starts with the third book or after the third, like the third normal novel, because there's two out now. But it's it's close to phase two. Plus, we already have the confirmed Leslie Headland. TV series for Acolyte. Disney Plus, the Acolyte yeah. TV series for Disney I, I Plus. Skipped a, I skipped a rumor on that from Illuminary this week. It was just like, what, what's the yeah. fucking point of this? Oh, it's code name yeah, is Paradox? Like, Who gives a fuck? They, they've yeah, given like, us the, the name. It's called yeah, the it's Acolyte. Like, we like, know the real name cares. already. I don't fucking care about the working <laughs> title. Like, that, that, oh, who goodness. gives a shit? Um, <laughs> but the main, like, here's, here's what I'm going to propose that that Lucasfilm really needs to consider at this point. Up to this point for their films, they have taken the approach of having a basically a writer-director pair kind of take over every film that they've done. Whether it be Lord and Miller writing and directing for Solo, you saw the same thing happen with like Gareth and his writing partner, and then for the for the sequel trilogy, the same thing happened. 
they need to take an approach that is literally like director for hire, which is basically like you have a writing team internally. They write your scripts or they write script treatments. And then you hire, you just hire a director to make what you wrote already. And I feel like, especially for the High Republic, that would be way better to do because you have people on staff actively writing it like Charles Soule, who, has, who is the, the head of this entire initiative, at least on the publishing side, have him write the script treatment for the movie. And then you hire a director to just direct what is written already. Instead of having all of these different people come in from out of nowhere, you, then you have to, you know, say you hire, fuck, you hire Matthew Vaughn, who's the guy who did Kingsman. And you say like, okay, and then Matthew hires his writer. Not only do you have to catch Matthew up on what's going on and what the, like, what the High Republic is and what you should be doing with it, you have to do that to his writer too. Then his writer has to become accustomed enough with the, with the time period to be able to write a coherent story about it. Yeah. Like you need to just have these George screenwriters. Lucas. Yeah. You need like fucking you George need, Lucas on every project. You need somebody on staff that is taking care of that for you. Because, a true story group and not the circle yeah. jerk they had before where they they did nothing. They're like, hey, and if, oh, Ryan's like, hey, guys, I'm going to do this, this and this. And they look at their, you know, they look at their Star Wars insider from 1980 and go, oh, yeah, that'll work within the yeah, canon. Sure. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Like it, it's it like they need to take a different approach, a more guided approach to their storytelling. And then you can just hire fucking awesome directors to do it. It's the same approach they take with Mando. You think Robert Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez didn't write a single line of dialogue for the Mando. Like he Correct. came in, he got given the script by John and Dave, and he was like, hey, they were like, you do what you do best, which well, is Nick, you make he, fucking he, awesome He told a great story. Out. He's like, hey, hey, John, there's only like 15 minutes of dialogue for this episode. And John's like, yeah, that's why I hired you. You just fill in the rest with your action shit. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> and that's the same thing that they do with, the, with all of these special directors that come in yep. for these shows. They give them the script and they put their directorial touches to it. And they need to do it with the movies too. And I think that would work perfect for a high Republic thing. As for what I think they should do, I think that they should do if you're going to have like a like a pop in like a fill in movie and you're not going to plan to like do, you know, if they don't plan to do multiple or if they don't plan to turn it into a series, I feel like a high republic one off that leads into or out of the acolyte would be a great idea because you're yeah, you're, I mean, you're, I, that I, I didn't think about that, but that would be a, a great transition from the era because it. You know, they, they've come on record and said that the Acolyte is like the like towards the, the back end, the true end almost of the High yeah. Republic era. Like uh, from what I'm thinking, Nick, events that play out in the Acolyte are going to bring an end to the High Republic and, and transition it into the Grand Republic where they start to yes. get, you know, their, their hubris and the, the, the Jedi at this point haven't been challenged for you know, centuries outside of some plant people and some fucking Boba Raiders, Fett wannabes. Yeah. yeah. They just, they get cocky and that's what allows the Sith to return. So yeah I, yeah, I could see that too. You know, another thing, another case for High Republic, it's like, it's, it would be kind of a carrot to get bozos like me into the era. I, I tried with the comics. They were pretty entertaining. It just, I, I missed two. And after that, I was like, you know what? I don't really fucking care. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it's it's always easier to 
entice people to read because like for me i would have never picked up the game of thrones books if i hadn't there, seen yeah, the first episode exact of the same show. exact same effect on me i watched a few episodes if not the full first season and then read every book that that lazy ass had published and now i've been waiting i think 10 yeah. plus years at this point for book six yeah so something like that like a a good live action either tv show or movie will get people interested in totally what they have in written form so in, in terms of what i want of course like i've always wanted you know old republic content on the big screen but if you like i don't know if they actually want to build out that franchise like like mazen saying here it's not the only thing in the world for this era like you, I feel like if you're going to do the Old Republic, you're going to need to at least dedicate a trilogy of films to it, right? Like, you can't, I don't feel like you can properly do that era without oh, more dude. than one movie. I mean, the, the, the KOTOR tale itself could be a trilogy. Like, if yeah. you tell, if you tell some of the backstory that doesn't, you don't play in the game, you just yeah, learn if about, you, you know, start rev- with the Mandalorian Wars. And exactly, stuff. exactly. Yes. And the, I mean, look at that. Even that is a, that's some a people, film unto itself. Right. I mean, casual fans have slowly been introduced to the fact that Jedi and Mandalorians have kind of had beef for eons in yeah. the Star Wars universe. And, and if you did finally get this on screen and not just in a game or books, it, it, that's just another through line all the way up to what we're doing now. And, yeah. and you know, uh, Maul's sarcophagus in the Clone Wars was... It, it's a relic of the Mandalorian Jedi Wars. It's it's what Mandos used to lock fucking Force users in so they couldn't fuck them up. Exactly. And, and and really, even the even the story of of uh, pre, um, what's the first Vizsla? Yeah. Uh, like There's Vizsla so the Greater, you know, the the, yeah. the first Mandalorian yeah, the, Jedi. It was the first and, Mandalorian Jedi. and the dark and all that. Look look how big the dark is already becoming in the Mandalorian timeline. So this would just give you a direct reference of like, Oh, now I see, now I see why the Mandos wear the armors that they do and have the weapons that they use. And you know, why they hate the Jedi so much, uh, why they call Our them space Vizsla. wizards, you know? So I mean, both eras are ripe, I believe for live action. It just, it, it comes down to, I don't know. I, I guess, like I said, in the present, it just feels like the High Republic era is at the forefront of all things Star Wars new these days. So why not just kind of tap into that already grassroots moving? Because let's be real. I mean, outside of Nick and I and, and you know, some of you people that listen, the High Republic has kind of played pretty well with the book reading crowd of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, most of them have, have shot right up the bestsellers list. Not that that really means dick in terms of the, the content, but people are buying it. They're eating it up. And like I said, the phases keep rolling out and they just keep adding more and more layers to the High Republic and the characters that uh, infested. So I don't know. I again, there's always time for Star Wars time, so y- yeah. you're not going to hear me bitching Friday if we do get some sort of announcement one way or the other. Me as a fan, being a gamer and just having the positive memories of KOTOR, that's where I'd like to go. Yeah, but uh, being a realist and just seeing the direction of Star Wars these days, at least, like I said, quote unquote, new Star Wars, brand new, like no bullshit, Skywalkers, hundreds of years away, Star Wars, that's High Republic. So here we go. 
hopefully we yeah. get a little a little little tease this friday on disney plus day if we do we'll be talking about next week or at least myself and the mouse in my pocket because nick will be in absentia Right. Okay. This one, one last topic was kind of well. <laughs> I got a couple here that just yep, kind yeah. of threw up. Uh, this one just popped up today. Didn't have a chance to cover it on StarWarsTime.net, but this will allow me to not have to do that now. Uh, but I just want to put out there that uh, we're getting rumors now that Chloe Zhao, who uh, was a director of Eternals, and as Nick said before we went live, she won the Oscar for Nomadland last year. Apparently, there's a lot of heat around the notion that Feige is is bringing her on to direct his Star Wars film. Yeah, the the one that he is the producer of, right? right. Is that what he is producing? Yeah, I mean it's it, they never I think just identified his his hat, but it, it it sounds like it's his he'll he'll pretty much be doing what he does for the MCU but just this one movie. So, yeah, the producing is going to be a big hat, but it's he'll probably also contribute to you know, story sessions, the script, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, after seeing Eternals, I'm not like, oh, yeah, Chloe. But I do, like I said, I like her approach to character. And, you know, I think some of the biggest arguments from the sequel trilogy, at least, is that uh, characters were not given justice. Uh, really, outside of Kylo slash Ben, yeah. most of the characters were paper thin. Sadly. Yeah, there was even, next to no character. Though. Yeah, even even my girl Ray, <laughs> who I mean, after Force Awakens, I was like, oh, thank you, God, Ray. I love her. I love the idea. I love where she can go. Give me more Ray. I'm gonna make it my my daughter's middle name, and then look what happened. It's like, yeah, she literally just became a character. Nothing. Just, like no substance. Ryan was trying to give her like some power, and, and the fact that she was she. She was great without having the the magic Blood. DNA, but yeah. then that all got washed away with that movie we just shit on for the first 20 minutes of the show, so no need to bring up Tross again. But I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm all for it. Feige's not an idiot. Like I said, Eternals is neither good nor great, but it's, it's something. It's unique. It's different for the MCU, for those that complain about it, them always being the same films. And I do think a more character-oriented director in Star Wars would be kind of a refreshing take. So if this is true, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to get all pissy about it. I mean, it's even like the the character development angle you can bring all the way back to because Star Wars has always been a, a a a movie that is, especially the prequels, were more focused on what was happening in the galaxy and not really too much too focused on like the individual character development like you know we we got to see like as much as people love obi-wan kenobi like we got to see very little actual character development of obi-wan kenobi through the prequels like he he's just a like dickhead yeah I mean, he's a like, dickhead like you 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 basically get to see him like be the reluctant master to anakin in episode one at the end but then by episode two they're best friends you know like you get you don't get to see a lot of development no. of that character and that relationship through the movies like that came through the Clone Wars again like the band aids being put on thing, and really all of the character development in the prequel era happened through the television show. And having somebody like that would be super nice because it's it's so hard 
it's awesome to see the the laser sword fights and the space fights and and the bad guys and the big set pieces and stuff like that but if you don't have any attachment to the characters then it really doesn't have the same impact as it should and i think that even if even if chloe like say say feige's film is the is the kickoff of like a new kind of mcu style series of films or like a like a trilogy of movies and if you use chloe for the first one and you do an excellent job of character development setup then that just sets you up for further success in the rest of the film so if that's if that's what they're trying to do like if that's what they want to do is just have her come in and lay the framework for what is to be another whatever i don't want to say it's another trilogy or another thing that's just like what we had with the skywalker saga but if you're doing another you know, series of films, I think that she would be a good, you know, a good number one spot in your batting order. And then you have other people come in that, that sprinkle the detail of the world in after her. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. Look, we need character development in Star Wars outside yeah, I mean, of TV, TV yeah, shows. Th- th- there's nothing guaranteed, nothing official, but she has been quoted as saying, and this is always ominous when they give you quotes like this, if they're attached or not. Hmm. I have to tread very carefully with what I say here. <laughs> yes, let's just say it's a world I have so much reverence for because it was such an important part of my life. So she's more or less saying, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing something in Star Wars, but quit bothering me so I don't get sued. Yeah, exactly. It's like, look, if I say anything, then I'm going to lose the ability to <laughs> exactly. do things in Star Wars. So leave me the fuck alone. So who knows? Maybe, maybe again, this, this is all potential for Disney plus day. Cause as they've built it, Disney plus day is going to be a, a holiday of sorts. It's their big chess beating day of the year now for their platforms. And, and that includes film. So yeah, uh, we, we, we're going to get some reveals on Friday that are beyond the scope of what we know is, has already gone through a production process such as Kenobi and or Mando, Bad Batch, all that fun stuff. So don't be surprised if, if we, we get some a spotlight. Uh, and they may want to do it just to kind of clean up some of this PR over the last week with Rogue Squadron getting delayed. Just kind of they can easily shift the narrative in the media if they're just like, oh, yeah, ta-da, Old Republic, huzzah, Chloe, yahoo, and here we go. So I, I don't yeah. be surprised if they try to smoke screen some of their behind-the-scenes issues with projects that were previously announced. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, moving right along, my friend. Uh, over at Bespin Bulletin, they got some snaps of the Mando Season 3 set. I really debated on if we should even throw this up, but I had some time this morning, so I did. I don't know how much conversation we can really get here uh, outside of what we're seeing, for those on just listening on the radio, is a Mando that's clearly not Din, but he's yeah. clearly wearing a full set of Mandalorian armor on the set of Mando season three. And if you really kind of pay attention or maybe watch the video that Bespin Bulletin put out, you can see that this Mando is wearing armor that is like a mix of maroon and, and green colors. So if anything, Nick, oh, and there's also there's like a banner. It's like well, a, like a. I'm on the picture now, but there's you can see some of the set dressing, and it implies yeah. that they're on a snowy type of location. So that's what we got to run. We, we, we've got an un, a mysterious Mandalorian <laughs> that's not Din or Boba Fett or Bo or Casca or Axe, 
and they're potentially shooting on a snowy location. So <laughs> here, here's, I know there's not much we can do with this, Nick, but I, I think if anything, this is adding more credence to the report for making Star Wars. We talked about a week or two ago where, uh, you know, the production is looking for upwards of 75 Mandalorians to appear at one point, thanks to a, a call that Din Djarin puts out. You know, he's got a little juice in the galaxy, especially with Mandos. So this guy we're seeing here today, if you're on the live stream or if you're on uh, just listening to the audio version, go to StarWarsTime.net and uh, pull up the post Nick will have listed for you. But it, you could argue that this could very well be one of the... Because remember, I, I said that there's going to be some on-screen Mandos from this huge brood of Mandalorians that will be you know, local actors or, hell, maybe even real-deal famous actors, while the rest are going to be portrayed by fans with excellent cosplay, kind of like they did in season one with the 501. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we could speculate that this dude is probably one of the main, main but not lead characters in Mando season three that may show up with a clan or a faction of Mandos to help whatever Din needs help with. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the snowy dressing, Nick, if you want to go there, I mean, could this be Sabine's planet? Was it Crownest? Because it is, yeah, it is snowy. Crownest, yeah. Crownest, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. If 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 we are going to have a big meeting of Mandos and words out that Mandos are getting shit done and uh, they took out Moff Gideon and so on and so forth, one would think that the Ren clan, at least the Ren clan, and maybe not Sabine, would take interest in this plot considering at one point their daughter held the dark saber yep. and they are a respected clan within Mandalorian society. So, I mean, did, yeah. could this I be think, a Cronus set or are we just trying to I make a mountain that, out of a molehill here? I think that's a very good piece of speculation because there's no, like you can talk about ice planets across what we've seen so far in star Wars and really none of them, None of them easily slide into a Mandalorian-focused storyline as well as Cronus, Cronus does. Like, there's no reason for them to go to Hoth. There's no reason for them to go to the planet that eventually would become Starkiller Base. Like, there's no reason for them to go to Zyost, which was more of a, like a Sith-focused planet than anything else. So having Cronus, Cronus, whatever you want to say, be the central. <laughs> Is focus. anyone still alive in the live stream chat? How the fuck do you say it? Like I yeah, want it spelled a, out phonetically many, too. Like it's in, like it's in the dictionary. Don't just, yeah. don't just type Th it. This is the spelling for those right. of you in the live stream. I just put it in the chat. K-R-O-W-N-E-S-T. I'm going Cronest. Um, I, I like Cronest. Yeah. So knowing that that is essentially the seat of power for the the clan Ren and knowing that the dark saber and in a an eventual return to the to the fold for Ezra is coming like it's a, it's only a matter of time before Sabine Ren ends up back in the show again and and, and how dude i mean they could we we just talked last week uh, Rosario is scheduled to film something Star Wars in December. I mean, could could she again kind of be a vehicle in Mandalorian to introduce another character that's going to go on and have a bigger role in the Ahsoka show? 
Yeah, no, I think that that's a perfect opportunity to bring Ahsoka in for a, like essentially like a character introduction to, you know, whoever it may be. Like if she's in, you know, she's now a, a confidant, I would say, of Din. So if, you know, if there's a Mandalorian out there that Din doesn't know and needs information on, then maybe Ahsoka can help out with that in the form of fucking introducing him to Sabine Wren or something. Or they just show up together to his call because they're still working yeah. together on whatever the, the Thrawn and Ezra hunt. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, that they, would be that would be pretty cool if like they like a call goes out and like, you know, Sabine is searching for allies. Din gets roped into it because of his association with Bo-Katan and, and, and the, the whole Mandalorian kind of society now. And Ahsoka comes in because Ahsoka and Sabine are best friends, essentially. Like, and they right. just meet up by happenstance again. Like, oh, I know you. I, whoa, what are you doing here? And then you get the whole kind of explanation, potentially, of you know, what's going on and, and could you know, continue that thread into the Ahsoka. Um, yeah, we have an update on pronunciation and, uh, you know, I'll give Joe a little bit of credit. He did try to break it out phonetically. Cronest. Yeah. So Cronest it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm not, like if, if we did it phonetically, I think this is how it should have looked though. It should have been yeah. like, if we're talking like dictionary crow like that. Right. Yeah. Isn't that what you'd see in it? <laughs> Yeah, something like that. They would put in like the fucking the umlauts above the O. Yeah, the only reason shit. I know this shit is because I am subscribed to the word of the day, and it's one of those subscriptions that no matter how many times you click unsubscribe, it, it still can't. sends you the fucking email. So every day I get like a new word to learn, and it it breaks it out phonetically. So that's the only reason right. I'm like on this OCD kick right now. It needs to be phonetically <laughs> spelled out. Yeah. All right. So Cronest, um, yeah. we we've solved the mystery of the of the crow no Cronests. Yes. So I think it's a good bet. I think it, you know, given the limited shit that we can see here with zero context behind it other than there looks like to be there's like a lost person walking around with Mandalorian armor on. Yeah, you, you, you almost, I, I encourage everyone to, to check out the video cuz the guy really does. He, he he looks like he either had too many mushrooms <laughs> or smoke too many bowls and forgot where the pisser was on set because he like he's like popping out of this blue wall which is obviously going to be replaced with cg and he's yeah. looking around like is that where is is the shitter over here and he, he dips back <laughs> in and then he just comes out he's like yeah fuck i'll just go piss on the street <laughs> it, it definitely was just kind of funny walking watching this dude bumble around but i think that cronus is honestly a good call like there's there's no, nothing else that immediately makes sense with no context. Yeah, I mean if we're, if we're going with the idea that season three is going to push things more towards the Mandalorian story and get away f or the Mandalore story and get away from Grogu and all that protection stuff, it, it would it it kind of lines up that yeah we might be starting to fold in some of the other planets that made up Mandalorian society. Yeah, uh, you know you had the. You got the moon there that Death Watch inhabited. You had the the, the prime planet Mandalore. You had Cronest. Uh, what's the other one? It was mentioned in Kotor, and it used to be. I think that's like where Django Fett Concord Don, right? Concord Don is yeah. That's where that is uh, Django's. I guess you would call it planet of origin. Like that's yeah, like he's not right. actually from 
Mandalore proper. Well, yeah, I mean, well, we we've learned, and it's now been canonized. I mean, he's no different than than Din. He was a foundling. Yeah, by, he was a foundling by Jocasta New or whatnot. So, all right, not Jocasta I mean, New. Who the fuck am I talking about? Not, I was say Jocasta New is the Jedi fucking yeah. librarian. What, what's the guy? What what's the guy that popped up in the chain code? What's his name? Oh, uh, Django's daddy almost. The hell is it? Come on, live stream. I don't usually was... black out on this type of stuff. Yeah. Jodo is Jodo cast. Oh, uh, no. It's J- uh, Jaster Mareel. There, hey, well, I wasn't That's even it. fucking close. <laughs> you had the J. You had the J. J- Jaster Mareel. Oh my God, um, I, just, I mean, my second guess, Nick, was essentially just taking out some letters of Jocasta yeah. New. So Joe like, New. <laughs> Joe like, yeah, how, how many more? How many more vowels can I drop out in, in, yeah. in the syllables to come up with a name that's essentially still the same yeah. name? So yeah, J- Jaster Morel was who found. All right. Well, uh, hey, that that's who this guy is. This is this is a flashback, and this is Jaster looking for the Mandalorian outhouse. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right, uh, before we get on to our next topic, real quick here, I've uh, been a little lax in my duties. It's time for a word from our sponsor. That's right. It's Manscaped time, everyone's favorite time. And don't forget, the products you can see on the live stream right now are all now available at manscaped.com. I just got to get my uh, script up here as I have random applications opening up and threatening to take the cast offline. I mean, I literally got like Firefox wanting to open for some <laughs> reason right now. It's blacking out my view. Uh, close tabs, go away. Okay, we're back to business. All right. So brace yourselves, my friend. Winter is coming. What the writers of Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift, and they're here to change the men's grooming game. And you, that's right, you, you, and you, those of you listening or watching, can get 20% off plus free shipping if you use our code SWTS at manscaped.com. All right, you've, you've heard our stories here. We're big fans of the Lawnmower 4.0. That's the trimmer. Uh, it's, it's very safe. It may not be completely foolproof, but as long as you're paying attention, it's going to give you one of the best groomings you've ever had below the waist. But we've also been talking about the Performance Package 4.0, which includes the Lawnmower, as you can see on our lovely set. It's got the Weed Whacker, which I've got for you right here in camera right now. Uh, But more importantly, it's got some of Manscaped's liquid formulations, such as the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, which are two products that have really become a kind of a a daily habit for me now when I am grooming myself in the bathroom using Manscaped products. All right, so if you're watching on the live stream, you can also see, as Nick showed off last week, the new... uh, some of the new products here, the body wash and the um, new, new shampoo. shampoo. So you can, you can also use our code SWTS at manscaped.com to get 20% off of these types of products. It's really site-wide, right, Nick? I mean, it, it it's is. not it's just every, 
anything you want to buy, you can get 25% off with that SWPS. 20%. So 20% I, I, I mean, it'd be 20%. great if it was 25, but I don't want to get us sued. <laughs> so it's definitely 20% off if you use SWTS and you'll also get free shipping. All right. So if you're looking for uh, getting into the holiday shopping, stocking stuffers, Manscaped is going to have some products for you. Been using the body wash shampoo. Huge fan so far. Like I said, it's like a, I now have 360 degrees of Manscaped scent thanks to a lot of their new liquid formulations. And then obviously I keep things smelling nice because I don't have bushes down there thanks to the lawnmower and for the nose and ears, the weed whacker. All right. So we all know it during the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. So you might as well make them beautiful, right? Why not? So don't, don't forget, everyone, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SWTS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com if you use the code SWTS. It's time to join the Manscaped movement. These products are snow joke. All right, I didn't, I didn't write that last line, but um, <laughs> in the end, when it comes down to it, if you support Manscaped, you're supporting the Star Wars Time Show. Direct, that's direct all support that, for us. That's right. That's all that should matter for our fans. So if you're someone that has supported us before, we love you, but we're sticking our hands out again. Make those buys over at manscaped.com using our code SWTS because uh, you never know. I mean, like I said, get, get the crop reviver. The um, crop preserver, the, the, the foot stuff, all of it's fantastic. Makes you smell like a mang, right? It, it's not that, it's not like cologne or something that, you know, you're not going to smell like you're going to the club. It just makes you smell like a good old mang. Very true. All right. So uh, moving into our final topic before the fan segment here. Of course, because Nick plays with me, I always got to throw something out there about collectibles. These days, at least for his sake, and, and quite frankly, my own, they're just becoming like Tuesday morning roundup posts because I don't know, I just don't have the fucking time or really the care to cover a lot of these new uh, collectibles, new toy reveals as they come out. Plus, most of our fans don't pay attention to our content anyways outside of Tuesday so what's the big, who, who really cares if we put it out? Everyone goes to Yak Face anyways, as they should, because that guy is, is definitely in the know on new reveals. So anyways, our roundup for new toys, Nick. Two new, awesome-looking, must-have hot toys figures based on the final season of The Clone Wars. Uh, at, at this point, you know, we, we have a Rex, we have an Ahsoka, we've got an Anakin, I think an Obi-Wan. We had some of the 332nd Troopers, but now, thanks to this latest reveal, fans will be able to collect one six-scale versions of Captain Vaughn. He's the guy that dies tragically in the sewers, looking great. Uh, but more importantly, for those that love the named clones, and this one definitely had a full arc throughout the Clone Wars, and that is Clone Trooper Jesse is getting yeah. the Hot Toys one six-scale treatment. And really, dude, I know this isn't your thing, but looking at these glamour shots, I think you can appreciate why people like me essentially uh, mortgage their futures in the in the present to own these lovely little works of art because I mean, these that, two that are Jesse just fantastic. Is, 
awesome. I mean, the Jesse, the <laughs> helmetless, like when he takes, when he oh, has yeah. no helmet <laughs> on, big that fucking tattoo just, on his face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that shit looks so, so good, so good. I mean, top. Yeah, top I mean, quality. it's like when you look at Clone Trooper Jesse, you realize that these people grew up in a tube and had accelerated learning. Because what person in their right mind goes, you know what? I want the Grand Republic insignia tattooed, tattooed on. on my entire head like not yeah. just a little one you know this isn't like a little Cara Dune rebel tear I mean it's like he didn't even line it up he just went up to the tattoo and said go ahead fucking stamp my head wherever you feel like it I want yeah. that Grand Republic logo to be prominently displayed on my dome yeah I mean that takes commitment <laughs> it's, it's but like, also that commitment was literally programmed into him. <laughs> yeah I mean ha dude half the tattoo it goes into like his eyelid I mean I, it's yeah. like they literally just tattooed right wherever they felt like it right through his eyes his eyelids his his eye bags it doesn't matter he's like sign me up I love the republic hoorah all right <laughs> Um, so both of these figures are actually already available for pre-order. Uh, Vaughn is going to run you 250 over at Sideshow, where Jesse's going to be 285. And the reason for the price difference, Nick, the extra 35 is because Jesse gets a helmet and a uh, Tamara Morrison Halloween costume. So yeah, that's why he's a little bit more um, today. Is bring home the bounty day? All right, I don't cover him like we did last year with the Mando and. You know, every week there'd be a new Mando episode, then they'd release products based on the episode. This this year they're like, hey, fuck it, we're not doing any shows until the end of the year. So we're just going to do the whole uh, marketing and retail blitz before it comes out. I'm talking about the Book of Boba. Uh, excuse me. But today, for Bring Home the Bounty, we actually got some pretty sweet reveals uh, for Black Series collectors and Lego fans. Um, Black Series bros and sisters, we got the, we finally got a look at uh, Ahsoka Tano based on her appearance in The Mandalorian. So I know last week, I think we, we saw the TVC version. Mm -hmm. And yep. we also got a look at the Black Series version of a Death Watch Mandalorian. And they, they, they look damn good for Black Series figures. There's no doubt about it. Um, even better, Nick, these don't appear to be retailer exclusives. So when they go on sale, it should just be like a traditional wave. And depending on where you shop online or in stores, well, fuck, in stores is a joke. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's one of the things I miss the most and maybe why I've kind of lost some of my passion for collecting. It's just where I live in Columbus, Ohio, and, you know, it's pretty urban nothing targets like fuck you walmart's like eat a dick and that's really all we have anymore so uh, i'll never see these in store but online you should be able to find ahsoka from mando and the black series death watch just don't know a date yet because i think yak was reporting that they're probably not going to go up for pre-order uh tomorrow which is uh, it's usually the bring home the bounty stuff always gets 24 hours and then pre-order blitzes start but that yeah. doesn't seem to be the case for these two. And then finally, this lovely monster here, Lego unveiled their ultimate collector series at at, which is going to set you back 800 big ones. Uh, so I that think this is. is right up there with the most expensive set I've ever seen in the UCS series. And that is the Imperial Star Destroyer, which is also fucking huge. Uh, but man, look at this at at. It is 
massive. I didn't include all the images, but it, it it's panels open up. So you got like a little bit of a semi play set in there to, to stick in all the little mini figures you get. It looks like you're going to get five snow troopers, two at, at drivers, veers. And then you have to have Luke and his, and his, uh, Hoth, uh, winter jumpsuit for this That's one. Wild. As well. That thing's like two over two feet tall, 25 inches tall, which if yeah. you are, uh, not a, a U.S. system user, uh, it's two, two feet. feet Two feet is roughly like it's less than one meter, but it's it's pretty close. It's like two th- it's like two thirds of a meter tall, so it's like point yeah whatever. Point yeah, and these these meters. are like master level sets. I've yeah, I don't, this is huge. I think I've done a few Ultimate Collector Series sets, but not the vehicles. I mean, they, they've got the they've got the uh, the the UCS Falcon, the UCS Star Destroyer. I mean, there there's been other UCSs. And, and hell, I think even just last year, you got just a standard at-at set. Uh, but yeah, it, yeah it's, it's not nearly the size of this or the, the complexity in terms of the build. Yeah, the, there's, the, there's my I buddy mean, James Perfected Chaos making an appearance in the live chat. I haven't seen him in a while. Love that guy. Uh, He's one of, my, okay. one of my UK dudes. You know what? You know why he popped in? I have a feeling. I think <laughs> it, it, it's today is the 15th anniversary 15th anniversary of the first gears of war one of the greatest shooters of all time and it is it is where i met this man perfected chaos who's in our live stream chat right now and we've maintained you know we don't talk all the time we don't nearly game the way we used to we're both in our 40s and have families but James is a guy, Perfected Chaos, that, you know, even this spring I started talking to again when we were playing Outriders a lot. He's a guy that I just, I, uh, I don't know, I, it just, I, I feel like anytime I see him, no, long, no matter how long we've gone without talking, I can just get right back to talking to him like he's a, a great friend. And, and mind you, we've never met in person. Like, this is one of those early, you know, 2005 type of, meeting people playing on xbox live relationships so um yeah it's it's just funny how that all you know i'm feeling a little kismet right now like i know it's the anniversary of gears's release today cliffy b's been doing a lot of the social media on it and just seeing uh pk jump in here is kind of like hey it's meant to be good to see you good to see you james but now we continue on with the show there you go all right so yeah, um I mean- it's all, it's all nice looking shit. Look, I, I wish that I had the the patience for a build like this because I think it would. Be I don't know, man. Cool I think this has that. your name all over it. I, I could see Nick <laughs> down there in Austin. You know, when the power goes out again in the winter, just throwing this thing yeah. up there. And we're coming soon. The, the the power outage is coming soon, right? We're we're right in the midst of the the winter. <laughs> yeah, once it gets cold again, I mean, because I'm sure I'm sure down yeah, there, still... the, the, your state government did nothing to fix the issues of last year. So no. good luck. No. Ted, Ted has it, his uh pr- his plane ticket pre-booked this year. <laughs> well, yeah, he's, well, he's to too busy again. fighting fucking Big Bird now, so I, I get it. He's got his yeah. battles to wage, and he is taking on Sesame Street and Big Bird because Big Bird got a vaccine, and apparently that's more important than a power grid. But, hey, that's American politics these days, my friends. Welcome to the shit yeah. show. Get, All right, so uh, th- this bad boy here, the $800 UCS AT-AT, that is going for uh, up for sale starting November 26th. So essentially, they're waiting for Black Friday, even though there will not be any deals. Anyone that collects Legos or builds Legos knows that it, it's just one of those products that 
there are no deals. There are no specials. They, it's a brand that they know people are going to buy their shit uh, regardless of the price. It just, it's just one of those lines that has such a loyal following for good reasons. It is, I haven't done Lego in months, but when I was doing Lego all through the beginning of the pandemic and slightly before, it is a, it's a pretty rewarding hobby to just sit around, build, follow directions, and create something uh, with your hands. So November 26th on this big one here. Okay. Awesome. All right. Here we go. Right on time. Getting into this week's version of the fan segment, as we always do when we hit the fan segment. If you want to get involved, the best portal to do so is through our Instagram account. That's where we are most active on socials. Uh, the fan segment consists of the question of the week, which I will put the prompt on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show every Tuesday, a few hours before we do the live stream. All you got to do is leave a comment or reply to the story, and you may make the cut and have it featured on the show, and we may or may not ridicule your grasp of the English language based on what you type. That's all part of the fun. The other way to get involved is our closing segment. And, you know, Nick will kick that off here in a little bit, but that's our top five star Wars fan artist features of the week. So what we do there on Instagram again at star Wars time show, we look at our hashtag hashtag star Wars time show. And we look at our tags meaning you tag the account. And every day I will share a group of what I find to be excellent looking Star Wars art, be it toy photography, traditional art, or as we always say, a little poo art if you're into that. You know, if you've got a <laughs> raccoon that took a dump on your deck and it somehow looks like Jabba, you know, Jabba the Hutt, then so be it. Take a shot, tag us, we'll check it out. And if I find it interesting, I may feature it. Then on Mondays, Nick looks at all the features from the past week, closes his eyes, spins his, his uh, screen up and down, and taps his finger on various squares, and those are the shots that make the top five, which we'll talk about uh, here shortly. All right, so that's how you get involved. We're not going to do it again. If you missed it, hit the rewind button. Okay, so first things first. Like I said, fan question of the week, and it was a bad one. Uh, we... we uh, and I don't blame people for kind of taking a pass on this one. It just, if you weren't in the know with some of the news this week, I'm sure it kind of came out of left field. Um, but I, like I said, I, I typically like to make the question related to a topic we're going to be talking about. So this week, the question was, would you want an old Republic era movie to retell an existing story or a brand new tale? And this one, Nick, fell flat on its face. Not even, I mean, Rippick Tan, God bless him. He, he replies to every story question of the week, and he took a pass. And that's when I knew <laughs> we were going to be in trouble. So as I will present to you, this week's responses, they're just all in one line because I think we had like six total. So go ahead. I turn it over to you to channel the thoughts of our followers. Our followers. Their thoughts were, were sometimes a little short, sometimes a little longer, but we'll start with Switt Picks, the shortest. He says to the question, would you want an old Republic movie to retell an existing story or a brand new tale? He says new. Thank you, Switt Picks. Next one, the Corellian hey, Smuggler short says- Short and to the point. <laughs> to the point. No, no cut, no, you know, no extra, no fluff, right to it. The Corellian Smuggler, also to the point. Brand new, not just new, brand new. 
The failed <laughs> failed Imagineers said, now, failed Imagineers gives a little bit more detail here. He says, brand new. Yeah, they, they started just fall. I mean, if they're going to follow the trend, it would have been brand fucking new would have been the next yeah. one, right? Yeah. <laughs> just adding one more word each time. But he also adds, he says, I wouldn't mind seeing characters like Ula Keldroma, but I'm fine with whatever. THB. Too honest B. Um, <laughs> I will, I will I don't say. I know why that shit's so funny, but it is. I Listening to Nick read people's comments word for word is one of my favorite parts of the show. It really is. <laughs> um it's funny that like he he had a pretty deep cut too with Ulick Keldroma. I mean like even amongst all of the characters that had like pretty deep um oh like God. stories and stuff hungry. like that. <laughs> like Ulick Keldroma was a uh, was basically uh. like a fallen Jedi that oh. eventually worked with Exar Kun and stuff like that in the in the old in the old canon. I don't I even know that... why this is funny. It just because <laughs> I, I mean I read it. I was like, I'm guessing this is supposed to be TBH, but it goes THB. <laughs> Two honest B's. Like, yeah, he's right. He's, he's reading it, it as is. written. That's what we do. All right, sorry. Now, like I said, this is this is my fun part of the show. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so Ula Keldroma is an interesting character. Um, but I don't know oh. if like if you're gonna. If you're gonna start bringing in like old Republic characters that are already known, I don't know if you look first that they're gonna really. So, um, but good response there by failed Inge- uh, Imagineer. Good stuff. Scion XTC, a a longtime follower, and much says I would prefer a movie retelling the same story as Kotor, but I feel like a retelling would be a brand new story to a majority of people because it seems like a lot of people never played Kotor. Or never even heard of it. So the reality of it is new or old story, content is content, and that's all good for me. So, yeah, I mean, I will say that I feel like a lot of younger people don't know KOTOR, and that's like the main issue is that it's younger fans that that really don't know it. Um, But... You know, it, I feel like if you were to make a movie that was like directly KOTOR, a lot of people would know that, hey, you just remade the you game. Know, and also that would piss them off because I feel I, like I, I keep forgetting that, that we are getting that KOTOR remake in a game. Yeah. So maybe yeah, exactly. that's they're like, oh, yeah, well, there, there you go. That's going to be it. And then we're just going to move on to new stuff on the screen because it would be would be a little repetitive if, if they're going to remake the game. Right. And, and still honor it. But in a more modern fashion and then just make a movie, which is essentially all the cutscenes strung together would seem a little, little double dip in there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I doubt that they're going to just straight make a KOTOR, like KOTOR movie, like just straight from the game, but who knows? I doubt that. All. Um, and then last up this week is Sir Dork 730. He says, I, I'd love for them to tell a new story with some big influences of already existing stories. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like if you're going to do Old Republic in any form or fashion, it needs to, like, even if it is brand new stories with brand new characters, you do need to draw at least inspiration from the original, like from the game, from even from KOTOR to the follow-up, like using like that as some sort of, you know, 
through line or like pre like pre-existing canon that you can use to kind of expand upon the the old republic thing um yeah you, you would everybody. you would have to think i mean they yeah. he's 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 everywhere they've even made action figures of the motherfucker i mean yeah, Revan, Revan has to. They, they're pretty much leaning on the dude to to do something even if in the in the movie like he's he's reading reading the uh the opening crawl but you would think yeah. Revan is a lock because they've they've embraced him uh, both in marketing and and with their licensing yeah exactly so it's uh it's going to be interesting to see the direction that they take with it because I feel like the the only reason that they wouldn't move forward with Old Republic is because it could be another firebrand thing like TLJ was except in a completely different way like TLJ was you know kind of this 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 firebrand because it brought in like it it treated characters differently than people expected that for them to be treated and all other kind of stuff like that but also like with Old Republic if you fuck up Old Republic and you get the the OG fans mad, then it's gonna be a, just it's gonna right. have the same effect that TLJ yeah. like it's gonna shut it down again. But and then they'll so they'll, maybe, they'll delay Rogue Squadron again and bump yeah, the movies and then to Rogue 2030. Squadron will come out to, yeah, <laughs> won't come out for another five or six years. So uh, who knows? But yeah, that's that's the danger of 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 really diving into Old Republic as a movie because there's already so much preconceived, you know notions right. and there's a lot of ingrained love for that and it, if you fuck it up even a little bit people are going to be super, super but that's the end of the fan question for this week thank you all for responding who did respond we know like matt said it was a little bit of a lower response because it wasn't something like last week's where we could very easily pull questions from you because of the boba fett or the right. book of boba fett yeah. drop like no, this, this one was, one was a fail this one was a <laughs> fail by a mile but i i at least cracked up a bit so too honest b it too wasn't that bad b. of a, it wasn't that bad of a fan segment after all <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't but that oh is gonna goodness, pull so us dumb. <laughs> that's gonna pull us into the top five star wars fan artist features of the week and like matt said at the top of this segment if you want to get involved with the fan segment whether it be the question of the week or the top five make sure to one follow our instagram and two if you are an artist Tag us in all of your Star Wars related art posts. So that is at Star Wars Time Show and then hashtag Star Wars Time Show on all of your Star Wars art to be involved. And then Matt will curate through those. He will put up his features for the week every day of the week. And then I will parse through those features and pull out the best five every week, at least the best five that my eyes could see. So let's kick off this uh segment this top five segment with at lima four photos longtime follower discord member. Boys. yeah he's he's a discord bro in there yes. repping all the time i saw him he was uh on like a facebook group like hey hey you guys talking about nick gillard check this shit out check Star out Wars our time inter- show like there that's, we go that's my guy that's what we need the evangelists out there yes please please and what we have, I mean, Lima, Lima has always been known for excellent posing, excellent lighting, and he, he particularly loves his buckethead figures. And what we have here is, is exactly that. Excellently posed, an excellently lit shot of three clone troopers going along their business. One scout trooper and looks like two standard troopers. or I mean, like they're colored differently, so I assume that this is like a part of a specific squadron. 
Um, but man, I mean, like the the atmosphere in this shot really kind of sells it. Like it's in the rain. The posing is specifically for me, the posing of that scout trooper with the with the rifle behind his head and kind of kind of has this like trudging kind of look. Yeah, to it himself. shit ain't easy. Fantastic. I actually got out this this weekend. I did it and, you know, a bunch of neighbors were out and they're looking at me like, what is this fucking creep doing now? Um, but anyways, you know, I, I can kind of deflect a 41 year old man playing with toys in his own yard. Isn't that strange people, <laughs> but to, to get that scout trooper and what we're looking at here, if you're on the, on the radio, I mean, stand there, he's got like a sniper rifle over his back, right? And he's kind of like holding it with one arm. That's hard to balance these little shitheads to achieve that. So I wonder if Lima used any wires there, but honestly, even the, the pose with the clone trooper in the front where he's got a leg up and it looks like he's moving. Yeah. If that's a balanced job, kudos to Lima because uh, these days I have zero patience for trying to get these little cocksuckers to balance anymore. And you know, I mean, we, we've all have heard about the tale of what I do to my subjects. If they don't <laughs> comply with what's in my head and what I'm trying to do with my hands. They typically get tossed against the wall and sometimes body parts get lost. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's good posing. I love the ponchos on the troopers and Lima always gives them real world weapons, right? Because yeah. I, I think, I don't know if Lima served or I know he does something I believe, with the, I, I believe with the armed services. In, in, yeah. Yeah. He either serves or works at a museum and, and talks about, you know, American armed forces. So he, he knows way more than I do. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just kind of giving that the 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 Star Wars universe a little bit of realness, at least in terms of its war machines, uh, does bode for cool looking shots, and then you know a little rain action, a little aerosol action in there, and we have a good looking Star Wars toy photography shot from at Lima Four Photos. Yeah, excellent job. At uh, next up, we have at L Daigle Photography. And this is an excellent, this is like a shot that, that we all hoped and wished that we would see in a film, you know, like this, this long storied Darth Vader, either TV series or film. And what we see is, is Darth Vader being a field commander, a field general. So he's on the field of battle, lightsaber ignited, cape whipping in the wind, his hand outstretched as we've often seen it kind of curled into that signature look. But then next to him is four or five, uh, three, three stormtroopers and Boba Fett all running out on a field, firing away at an enemy in the distance. And it really just goes to show like how cool a movie would be or a show oh would God. be if we actually right? got to see Darth Vader on the field of battle. Yeah, like do it, do a battle charge, you know, like, like they did back in the day where the idiots would line up and then run into each other and hack each other to pieces yeah, but now you know you got a Sith Lord with a laser sword and all his little minions with pew pew guns. It would just be, and, and you know Vader obviously wouldn't run. He right now he's probably choking someone, and then From he way would lum- the field. yeah he would <laughs> lumber towards the the melee and just come in and start arbitrarily chopping people to pieces. Nick, to me, that is one of the coolest fucking Boba Fett poses I've ever seen in my my days of curating the hashtag Star Wars time show. And I, I know Boba's not the main focus, but I just, I, I love it. It makes the, this version of Fett, which is the Bozo version, look like the, the 
the warrior champion that everyone used to tell me he was until I finally learned it for myself by watching The Mandalorian and then reading War of the Bounty Hunters. But I just, I just love it. It's like he's, I mean, caught him right mid, mid-step, mid-run, mid-shoot. It's just, to me, it's a, it's a perfect action pose, but with a background character, which I, I don't know, I just think it completes the shot. It does, man. It's it's absolutely fantastic. All the posing job done here by just getting by the L. fucking arm. That's the thing. It's like I know people that yeah. listen to do this, they understand, and I try to explain to Nick. It's it's these little figures are cunts. They're dickheads. They never want to work. They just want to sit in a green room and 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 eat and drink from their writer, right? They don't they don't give a shit. They don't want to perform. So getting that little plastic thing to actually get the the el- or the shoulder and the elbow all the way up to dude's face to make it look like he's actually holding and aiming a gun that's that's impressive right there that is uh, yeah. that is an accomplishment and then just having Indeed. a a, a well formed shot that's the bonus. Indeed, yeah, excellent job by at l daigle underscore photography. Well, next up. This was probably this is one of my favorite shots in a long time. Yep, this super is from, rad, super rad. I'm yep. glad you found this one. Just excellent job. This is at shoot.toys on Instagram. And what we have is a is almost I think it's just a, a straight recreation or, or an interpretation of the scene that we see of of Darth Vader just ripping through that hallway in Rogue One on his it, way. It was a just because I, I remember the caption, Nick. It was a what if because if you notice, and and really the the genius of the shot is the force perspective. Exactly. Uh, yes. If you're if you're listening here, it's like it's like he stuck the camera right into the face of a fallen rebel soldier that dropped the data chip that was sent to him from Scarif, and you know Vader is there and some stormtroopers. So it, it, it's 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 postulating that Vader got there in time. And stopped yeah. the transfer of the of the data card to Princess Leia. Yeah, I mean it's fucking awesome. So you see Vader, the hallway is tinged red as we saw it in the movie, and he has one person again, like force pinned up on the ceiling. This guy who we're kind of seeing from a, like a low perspective, looking up towards Vader. There's a a dead rebel soldier right in the foreground shot. There's two more dead behind him. There's like you said, a stormtrooper that's kind of walking behind him. And it just looks like menacing, murderous Vader. And uh, yeah, I mean, this was fantastic. But you're you're right. This force perspective just make give this give the shot so much more. Like I don't I don't even know how to say it. it makes it so much better seeing it from this angle and this perspective. I mean, it was out there as one definitely. All right, one of the I'm top ones just, I've seen. Just because I think it's rad, and I never knew these types of lens lenses um, existed. Uh, but but toy shooters been or shoot dot toys has been doing a lot of these now. I mean, it's just like the I don't know they got motivated this week. Lots of these forced perspective posts. I'm on their page right now. And I'm looking at a recent one today that I can't remember if I featured or not. But it, it's rad. It's Luke coming down after he just dropped a grenade into the at at. But you're getting again that forced uh-huh. perspective. Yeah. So uh, it, it looks like you're underneath the at at, and Luke is coming down right into your face. But if you look at the behind the scenes, look at this freaking lens, dude. Oh wow. Look at that thing. It's like a it's like a like almost like a tube. Yes. I mean, it looks like uh I don't know, like the the end of a a, a duster. I mean, it is it is yeah. tiny, 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 tiny. I mean, it, it it's it's not a I guess it almost looks like a snoot you'd put on the light, but it's a snoot lens. 
And, yeah, you know, that, that's the best way. It, you know, it starts bigger and then it kind of funnels down to a much smaller tube. Uh, but that's how these shots or the perspective in these shots are being achieved. And I just I think it's a brilliant idea and obviously execution on the port on the part of shoot.toys. Looks like oh, I'll be I'll be featuring the one they put out two hours ago of Luke, uh, Luke showing up in the best. Yeah, so I mean that. I mean, yeah. this guy, yeah, this is some excellent stuff. Definitely on to something with this with this lens. No, no doubt yeah. about. Oh, there we go. Um, our buddy Klondike's saying that they use these to shoot food shots a lot because you can get that close and and provide that type of perspective on it. It's just really unique. I mean, it's nothing. I don't. I don't think this is a a perspective many of us have seen before in the yeah. toy photography community. That's what really kind of attracted me to it because I was like, wow, I've never really seen anything. Yeah, it's though. it's pretty wild. So kudos to at shoot.toys. Well, well done. Next up is at, at wretched.hive. And we just have, I mean, right here is just a, it's, it's a fantastic shot of, of the fat man himself with the, the arm flamethrower ablazing. Mm-hmm. And really what I love about this shot is how he uses that fire. Like you can see that, that he essentially takes the flamethrower and uses it as like a prop to kind of frame this. No, you're right. Of, That's exactly photo. right. It, it, the fire itself is a subject in the shot. I mean, if we yeah. broke this down into a grid, like a lot of us use the rule of three, I mean, those cross sections are hitting right on the flame. So it is a main subject. So Nick is a hundred percent correct. And it is, it's just a, I wouldn't say it's a crazy setup. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, you know, it's a tight focus on Boba Fett, but it's just the slight nuance posing the angle of the shot. And then as Nick uh, expertly noted, the flame just complete the shot and and make it feel like an action oriented shot versus just a, a macro type of portrait. It, it's I, I'm a huge fan of Wretched.Hive. We've featured them on the show multiple times. They've been, you know, just featured throughout the week multiple times. I think this week alone, uh, I've, I've featured Wretched Hive three times because they, they kind of came out of a a hibernation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, started it was... posting actively again, but just a fantastic account. Lots of, lots of good work there. I mean, he's coming out swinging after the hibernation. Oh, yeah. I mean, like oh, you yeah. said, these these most recent shots really pop There's out. really good color grading on this shot, too, I think. Yeah, you know, get yeah, that. that's what I was going to say. It, it's the, like the a, color. I don't know, it's a, it's, a, it's a unique color grade on FET. It's, you can still see his greens and yellows, but it doesn't, they don't quite pop as that, like, olive green that we're used to seeing on, on FET. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Excellent work at wretched.hive on the IG. And to close out the top five this week, we have at Homemade Galaxy with an awesome scene recreation shot from that moment on the light cruiser at the end of Mandalorians or towards the end of Mandalorian season two, where our good friends Bo, Din, and even Kara are firing their way towards the, the head of the ship. If we all remember, this is when when Din turned into the bullet dummy. We walked out in the middle of the hole. Bing, 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 bing. It shot Next up. Favorite part. It's the best thing ever <laughs> to see him. Just oh man, it was great. But this shot's awesome. I mean, it's an action shot. All three of them are blasting away. 
Again, like the color grading on this one is a yeah. little bit, I don't, yeah, it's a little That's bit what darker say. than what you would usually say too. So yeah. Yeah, they got that. I mean, how I'm, I've been trying to think of the term since you brought this shot up. I used to use it a lot. It's, what the fuck's it called? When you make the corners of a shot dark to focus the... Oh, like, like feather it a little bit? No, there's an actual name for the technique. Oh my goodness, it's so basic. I can't believe I, I can't remember this. There, I mean, it's like one of the most... I mean, if people can do this right now on their iPhone. It's like a built-in setting. It's, damn it, what's that called? I'm dumb today. All right, live stream, help me out. See, but yeah, it's like, either way, yeah, Nick, I, I love the pose of Bo, right? Like that, yeah, that's a spot-on Katie Sackoff, Bo Blaster yeah. shot. Um, speaking of my girl Katie, I, I still am a huge fan of her Instagram and her story posts. Uh, just and so like everyone, to, just to keep everyone in the know, her and her new husband Robin just got back from a mini honeymoon. But they're now <laughs> back. They're now back in California, and she's back to her Peloton workouts. We might need to make that we a Katie watch every week. What's Katie up to? How's Katie I, doing? She's, she's great, story? man. She's great, and, and I'm not like a creep. Like I don't like. Oh, I just like looking at girls. No, it's I. I find her absolutely enthralling. Like she's just entertaining. Yeah. You guys, like she, everything is you guys. Um, vignette, there you go. Thank you, James English. Man, am I stupid. That's what I was yeah. trying to talk about. A vignette, one of the most basic post-processing things you can do, and I couldn't figure it out. And hey, it, this is vignetted perfectly. And and look, all the, I, I love the posing too. I love the little lean he gives Dan. Oh, yeah. Like he's, boom, almost got, almost kind of like a, like a cowboy lean shot. And you know, Kara looks kind of like a grunt, like she was, very rigid yeah. and and not not fluid. You know, big gal to get shit done. Was, so. Yeah, you got the big gun, the big gal walking <laughs> down the hallway with the big gun, and I mean, it it does. Like he's got some good uh, atmosphere added, and looks like probably in post processing because it doesn't look like it's real smoke, but I can't really tell. And then you know the the shot that's you know the shot's just very cool. Um, and it really does capture the action while from that scene in Orlando. Uh, excellent job there at Homemade Galaxy. And that's going to bring us to the end of the top five. That's the end of our show this week. So, Matt, bring us home with Let's a nice little dance. You got it. I'm over here. I'm, I'm bobbing back and forth. I'll, I'll dance my boobs like Terry Crews. Check that out. do, 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 do. That's what you get when you work out and wear really tight clothes. People, you can make your chest move up and down. <sighs> Hitting the crab. All right, my <laughs> friends, as Nick said, it is time to put E187 to bed. Thank you to those that joined for the live version of the show on YouTube. Uh, if you want to get in and be a part of the party and not suffer from F Star Wars Time Show FOMO, your best bet is to head on over to StarWarsTime.net. That's where you can get all of our jump-off links to the various platforms that the show shows up on. But best of all, we also put up some content on StarWarsTime.net in between shows. So in between Tuesday and Tuesday, if you want to see what the Star Wars Time Show dudes are kind of interested in in the land of Star Wars, StarWarsTime.net is the best place to hit.
You can find our podcast platforms. We got them all, or at least the important ones, right? Apple, we're on there. Google, we're on there. Spotify, Android, Pandora, Stitcher, TuneIn, Deezer. I don't even know if half of these still exist, but our show is being broadcast to them regardless. So you can find those links, StarWarsTime.net. If you're more into the live stream or you like looking at people that probably shouldn't be on camera, then you can follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Or if you're lazy, like I said, starwarstime.net. Scroll down a little bit. You'll see our little fat faces and our logo and a subscribe button. You hit that, it's going to subscribe automatically. And then you will never miss missing the content we put out because that's the type of followers we have on YouTube. Put stuff out, about 1% views it. Put out more content. 1% views it. Matt keeps putting out content and 1% views it. But hey, I talked about my OCD at the beginning of the show. I'll probably be there Friday busting out uh, some think or thought pieces on Disney Plus Days reveals. So make sure to be following and subbed with notifications to the Star Wars Time Show on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Why do we do this, my friends? Well, there's always time for Star Wars time, and we just want more people to come and play at our party. Every Tuesday, that's the live stream. I'm trying to get better at scheduling them so you at least get the notifications, but to get them, you must be subscribed. And click that little bell. Click it! Click it! So the little parentheses come next to it, letting you know that you will be alerted the next time these two bozos hit go live or at least think they hit go live and do the first 10 minutes of the show by themselves with two people in chat saying i wonder if these guys are ever going to hit the go live button that happened i think two weeks ago check it out if you missed it episode 185 was what i'm uh, referring to plus you'll get some bonus content on the audio only version because like i said we forgot to go live and most people on the live stream missed the first 10 minutes to ensure you never missed SWTS, just get subbed up. Give us some ratings. Give us some likes. If you're watching now, hit the like button. Leave a comment. Grab the link. Share it with another like-minded individual because there is always time for Star Wars time. And myself, Matt, will never be happy until I feel like thousands of people are listening and worshiping at the altar of the SWTS. So keep up. Keep it up. Be like Lima for photos. It's time to, you know, we used to have like a dedicated group of apostles out there preaching more or less. I've probably pissed most of them off and they've left us and encouraged other peoples to not listen. But I'm asking you, give us a chance. Give the Star Wars Time Show a chance. Pass it on to a new friend if you're already down because there's always time for Star Wars Time. And remember, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.